Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, July 14th, 2023. And as we said on Wednesday's episode, Luke will not be here today. And unfortunately, Brock wasn't available either. So I had to bring in my guy, our regular guest host, Colin Grant. Welcome. I'm back, baby. He's back. Ever since the internet went out, I wouldn't let him back on because I thought he was a bad luck charm. But now he comes back, and what a better time to do it. We've got the All-Star game that wrapped up earlier this week, and this episode will come out on the first day back from the All-Star break. So we're going to go through, obviously, what happened in the All-Star game. Then we're going to hit the second half preview, talk about some teams that might turn it around, teams that might fall off, as well as players that might do the same. And then we're going to talk some NFL news because we haven't had much the past couple of weeks. And then we'll also talk about some players to watch this season. And then we're going to talk about PFF's college football power rankings and then talk about some teams that maybe we will see later in the season in those power rankings. And then... To make up for that internet outage episode, top three, bottom three, blue things. Yes, sir. Finally, bro. Finally. It's been long overdue at this point. So, Colin, you ready to talk about this All-Star game? Yeah. Dude, to kick it off, can we just talk about the first two plays of the game? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a way to get it started. And I got to be honest, Luke, Luke called it a little bit. On the podcast, um, I think it was last Friday's episode, he said this is going to be one of the most exciting all-star games we've seen. And he said something about flashy defensive plays. And my God, did that get off to a hot start. Yeah, well, on the red carpet, Acuna said he was leading it off for the home run. He was and close. he was he was like a foot away from doing it. But yeah. what a what a catch from Adolis Garcia. Like he lost it in the sun that whole time and caught it last second. Yeah, and then you get, and then you got Randy Rosarena who actually robbed Freddie Freeman's home run. Yeah, it, it was absolute insanity. It, it's exactly what we're looking for in such a star-studded matchup. Yeah, but the first inning was so exciting to watch. Yeah, and like it was probably one of my favorite innings for the whole the whole game. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And and then you come back bottom of the first. I believe that's when we had Mookie and Freddie mic'd up, correct? Uh yes. Yeah. Yes, we did. And that duo was fantastic. Yeah. It, as much as it kills me to see Freddie, you know, having fun in LA, he seems happy right now. Um, having a lot of fun with his and his teammates are supporting him. So, like, whether it's Mookie, J.D. Martinez, Will Smith, yeah, the Braves rolled in with eight people. Freddie still had family with the Dodgers there. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. And uh, that duo is very – they're two fun people to listen to. Uh, I've started listening a little bit to Mookie Betts' podcast. It's phenomenal. His personality is great. And we already know Freddie is electric on the mic. We saw that spring training in 2020. Oh yeah, dude. I wish I wish they would have more mic'd up like in season, yeah, like, games and stuff like that. Especially uh, listening to who was it? Was it Eovaldi pitching? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm not a fan of miking up the pitcher. Oh, dude, I love it. I I don't know. It, it seems like it throws them off a little bit. It could. It it depends. I guess it really just depends on the pitcher. 
Because a lot true. of pitchers have fun with it. I, if anything, it gives them like more excitement, more confidence. You know, like heat up some pitches. Yeah, I, I will say I did like when they had him and Corbin Carroll mic'd up. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. I was hoping like Yavaldi was just gonna give him his pitches. Yeah, but that uh, so funny. Oh, he's just like, just like, hey, Corbin, here's fastball. Don't miss it. Yeah. But, no, it was funny because watching Will Smith absolutely destroyed Eovaldi on that last series with the Rangers. And Eovaldi was talking with the announcers. Basically, was like, yeah, he's not doing it again. Yeah. And that, that pitch sequence was disgusting. That was great. And also, I think it might have been on his first batter of the inning when he was like, hey, John Smoltz, what should I throw? Yeah, I would. It was. <laughs> it was to. Uh, God, was it Aaron? Was it Arenado? I believe. Yeah, because well, the top three went one, two, three. So I think it was JD Martinez. JD Martinez. Oh, then if it was the first batter, I can't remember. Then he made a mistake because I'm pretty sure JD Martinez got on base every single at bat. Yeah, JD did, but I don't think he got you know that specific pitch. I think it was a cutter on the yeah. outside. It looked great, but. Nonetheless, yeah, I liked the mic'd up. I just I feel like it can throw off the pitcher sometimes. Yeah, I mean everybody's got their take on it. Um yeah. at the end of the day, it's probably something we won't see for a while. But True. it's just it's just another way to like spice up the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, but in general, this game was great. So the the scoring gets started in the second, bottom of the second, the American League. Um Actually, a relatively interesting way to get it started. Yeah, what what was it? Uh, was it Yanni Diaz's leadoff yeah. or home run? Right, of yeah. the second inning. Yeah, that ball's roped. Yeah. Oh my god, it was just like it was so straight. I don't. I didn't look at like the advanced numbers, but had to have had a pretty low launch angle. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was off Mitch Keller. Yeah. Um. Who. Mitch Keller had a good start to the season, but we all know as a Pirates pitcher, you're only going to go so far. Fair enough. So I, this might have been his calling that it's been it's going to be a rough second half. <laughs> it might it might just be, but top of the fourth, the uh, the National League gets the scoring, or at least you know ties it up. Arias, the single machine. Just it, continues to hit singles, and this one just happens to knock in uh, J.D. Martinez there. Bro, he only saw two pitches in the game. Yeah. He, that's he is r- a that's dog. ridiculous. <laughs> he's absolutely and insane. You know what he said after the game, what happened, like, in the dugout when he got interviewed? No. He was just, like, basically saying, I'm not going to give them time to beat me. Most of them start with fastball. I'm swinging first pitch. Good. That's that's the approach that you need to have. Yeah. But uh yeah, what what is it? AL they had uh Bo Bichette yeah hit a sack fly before that, right? No, that was in the bottom of the sixth. Bichette hit that sack fly that scored uh Salvi. Okay. I couldn't remember. Oh dude, well they called Loris Gordy Goriel. Yeah. Uh they called him a home run. Oh, that's right. Back. Yeah. So that I forgot that that fucked with my head because I was on the way home from work and I wasn't able to watch it, and I saw that we had tied it up two two, and then I get home and check my phone again and it's still two one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that which, was interesting. That was another rope. That, oh, yeah. That, that ball was shit on. Yeah. But Elias Diaz has his moment. In a game that actually matters, unlike every other game he plays for the Rockies, he hits a home run to left field, a two-run home run, scores Nick Castellanos, top of the eighth. They take a 3-2 lead, and they hold on to it for the first win since 2012 for the National League in the All-Star game. That's music to my ears. All right, it is, it's, it's about yeah. damn time. All right, I was tired. I was tired of Luke talking about how the AL is just so much better than the NL. Yeah, it's all well, Luke, he has over fuck us. Fuck you. But no, but for uh, Elias Diaz, I'm I'm so happy he got a bat in this game because he honestly has had a tremendous first half. Yeah, and I think the Rockies 100 made the right choice to send him as their their all-star representative. Agreed. But, um, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I was just, I wanted to talk about the pitching in this one because, um, okay, how long have they just been going one inning? Has that always been the case? Because for some reason, I feel like they used to give, like, the actual starter, like, two or three. It's It's been a couple years. I okay. think over the past couple of years, years they let the starter maybe go two but they were seeing it as like they take so many pitchers into the all-star game they yeah. want to give other pitchers more of a shot to like to to get in there so yeah. when you have pitchers going like two or three innings you're only going to get so many pitchers in true uh, yeah that's a great point but zach gallon certainly didn't look all that bad uh in that first inning mitch keller of course giving up the home run but outside of that looked fine uh, Josiah Gray came in, shut it down. Alex Cobb, same thing. Uh, Justin Steele gave up one hit, still got a strikeout in that one as well. Only a 10-pitch inning for him. And then uh, Alexis Diaz looked pretty damn good. Though he gave up the hit and the run, still such a great pitcher to watch. And then Camila Duvall actually gets the win uh, because they took the lead that inning. But Camila Duvall has been easily one of my favorite pitchers to watch this season. Dude, hit? I didn't realize how hard he threw. Oh, yeah, man. And he throws with so, like, his body expressions just, like, it's hard to it's hard to put it together, but, like, it's almost like Johnny Cueto movements back in the prime. Yeah. But so much harder. Yeah, it's like, it's like Jacob deGrom and Johnny Cueto put into a closer. Yeah, but it's, I can't remember, is Duvall leading in saves? Uh, I'm not too sure. I I can pull it up real quick. I know he has 26 saves already, which okay. is it's got to be close to the top. It could be Class A. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But while you do that, I mean, well, so we could talk about the almost shit show Kimbrel had. Yeah. Oh my god. Like yeah, he got his two Ks, but when he you walk on the tying. And then the go ahead. Yeah, a tough start. A thirty, like what thirty pitch inning? Yeah, thirty pitches gave up no hits, no runs, but walked two and struck two out. Yeah, um, and Camilo Duvall is tied at the top with Alexis Diaz and Jordan Romano at twenty six. Class A is twenty five. Okay, yeah, I thought I saw his name up there, but yeah. But hey, let's uh, let's shout out Austin Riley for being the only Brave to get a hit. Yeah. 
tough showing for these Braves players in this one. Yeah, I mean, besides like Ronald Acuna's first at bat, there wasn't just like a much a lot of hard hit balls. Yeah, a lot of rollovers and some pop ups. Yeah, but, but look, we're saving it for the regular season. That's what I'm saying. That's something like none of us did the home run derby. Yeah, I like, and we didn't. We didn't show the rest of the league in person what we're capable of. Yeah, they gotta wait. They gotta wait and see it in their own stadium. Exactly, it's got to be a surprise, because uh, that's the last team you want to be surprised by right now is the Braves. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But one thing that caught my eye um, in this All Star game was the Seattle fans. Yeah. Like what? They were Seren- showing out, man. But they were serenading Juan Soto with future Dodger chants. Same thing with Shohei Otani. Oh, dude, they they wanted Shohei. <laughs> Seattle loves Shohei Otani, and they want him so bad. Well, after on my lunch break today, I was watching High Heat and stuff like that. They they brought Joe Madden on the show and talking about possible scenarios with where Shohei leaves the Angels this year. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty likely at this point because Shohei deserves to be on a team that's in a winning situation and unfortunately the Angels just aren't which yeah. sucks but yeah he, he's got to go somewhere where it's kind of his team because it's Mike Trout's team what you know it, it, yes Shohei has been arguably the best player in baseball not not really even arguably he has been certainly the best player in baseball since what two two years ago I'd say uh yeah, I believe so. And it's still Mike Trout's team. Yeah. But so, the other thing is with Mike Trout just always getting hurt. Yes. That's that's the biggest thing I could see him staying. Or no, not staying, leaving. Yeah. Is because the Angels are best they're playing their best baseball when both of them are on the field together. And with Mike Trout out, what what is he out with, like, eight to ten weeks? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think we're looking at his return in, like, early August. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of baseball being lost right there. Yeah. And the Angels are not in a spot for that. They need wins now. So they can get so much for their future with the trade with Shohei rather than waiting and letting Shohei walk and just go to a different team for, like, hardly nothing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like with the Shohei thing, it's just a matter of finding a team that has the money, is willing to pay the money, but also is a big enough market for a player of such huge magnitude. Well, do you see Senga was trying to recruit him? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, how much money could Steve Cohen like actually put out? I don't know, man. It's a New York team. Yeah, and he is the richest owner in the league. So, about to say, we've seen over the years how much money the Mets and Yankees have already put into players. Yeah. Granted, it hasn't turned out so well, but I don't know. I could definitely see the Mets making an offer to show, hey, it was on me. You might as well throw your hat in there. I was about to say, like, their whole farm system's going to be gone, and it's going to include some top players on the team already. Yeah. 
Like, is it something we see Jeff McNeil go? I don't know. Like, do they even really have to trade? Like, it seems like the Angels don't want to trade him. They want to let him walk in free agency. That would be dumb. I don't know. Because the thing is, is, like, I kind of agree. Um, I believe it was their owner who said, I don't want to be the guy that traded the best player of all time. Yeah, but you can't think. You got to think about what you're going to get in return. But are you going to get that much? Because there's going to be teams that maybe are willing to trade for him this season but don't want to re-sign him, and they'll use that as leverage against the Angels. Yeah, I I guess that's the whole thing with the uh, the trade deadline, trade season. You just you you can't expect anything. Yeah, like well, I think well, I think we're going to be surprised this year on some teams that are making moves, though. I honestly Agreed. do. Yeah. With one one team being Cincinnati, I think I think yeah, they can make some moves. Starting get, pitching is essential. They get some right starting they get some starting pitchers in there and we're looking at World Series contenders. Yeah, I don't know how much longer they can rely on Luke Weaver giving up like eight runs a game and them still winning. Yeah, uh this just cuz their their offense is so explosive, but yeah. their so, their only go-to pitcher is Andrew Abbott. Yeah. If you add some lockdown starting pitching, some guys that can give you seven innings, you know, one run ball, like if you can add two of those to that rotation, that Reds team is going to be almost unbeatable. Yeah. Throw in, throw in, like get some young guys, get some vets. That's like, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Because when it comes down to the end, you're going to want some people on that team that can keep your clubhouse under control when the stage gets bigger. Exactly. And, like, yes, Joey Votto is there for that, essentially. But, yeah, he can't do it alone. Yeah, exactly. But I think that lays us up perfectly for this second half preview because, you know, there is some teams that every year this happens. Some team is going to turn it up in the second half. The Braves did it, you know, back in 21. They turned it up in the second half and ended up winning a World Series inevitably there will be a team that will turn it around. And who's one of those that you think will? So a team that will turn it around? I honestly, I'm going to go with the White Sox. Really? They're going to be one of my teams. Like It's not going to be anything. They're, they're only eight games back. In the worst division in baseball. Yes. Yes, but at the end of the day, they're just looking to win a division. They win a division, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, but is that going to translate to any success in the playoffs? The play, Gray, you should know by now in the MLB playoffs, anything can happen. I'm well aware, but like, even if you just sneak in, that doesn't mean anything. If you're not good, you're not going to keep going. Yeah, and they just—they can't score runs. I'm hoping, I'm hoping some. Their offense is going to change. I really do. It's it's going to be tough, but I honestly, in my true opinion, think that they will turn it around. Yeah, I, I I think they're going to start having more fun, and with a specific player that I really do hope turns it around. Yeah, Tim Anderson. Exactly. I think if he turns it around, this whole team turns around. Exactly, because he, him, and Eloy and. Um, Luis Robert are the spark of this team. Yeah. Like they have their energy has to be up for anything to happen. Yeah, most definitely. Um, first team that 
I don't know if it's more that they will or that I want them to, but the Seattle Mariners, though they are 45-44, and 44, which isn't a bad record, it's definitely not good enough right now. You're six games back in the West. It's going to be kind of a tough hill to climb, but when you're looking wild card-wise, you know, they're only four games out of the wild card right now, and I think that you know right now the three teams that hold it are pretty convincing, the Orioles, Blue Jays, and Astros. But I think one or two of those teams could drop out. Yeah. Honestly, I think the Astros are one of those teams. Agreed. Honestly, like, as much as I want to, like, but I also, and it was one for one of our next ones, talking about teams that might fall off. For me, I, I was thinking the Orioles. And mainly just relying on, I don't know how well that starting pitching rotation can keep it up with what they're doing. Yeah, I I think we should get into that a little bit more once we get there, because I got a couple more teams that could turn it around. Um, Do you have any more that you want to go ahead? Uh, I mean, looking through, it's not really like, when it comes to division, it's not really turning it around, but... I'm making those jumps. I, I think the Cubs could turn around. Turn it around, honestly. Philly yeah. has already started to turn it around. Yeah, that's that's, that's one that's, of my teams is Philly because I think they've they've got everything there to be good. Yeah, and like they like you said, they have all the all the players that they need for a World Series team. They just weren't showing it in the beginning. Yeah, I, I think that's. That's the team that I'm looking at the most saying like, okay, their luck will turn because 48 and 41 is a great record as of right now. And you've got a, a, pl- a positive run differential, which the only other team in the division that has one is the Braves. So that's a, a good look. That means that, yeah, you're probably having some unlucky games where you lose by one or two, but you're also blowing teams out when you win. And, and that's a huge part of, for this team especially, is seeing that we can put up runs. We just have to work on, you know, especially with the bullpen, not giving up those, like, middle-of-the-game runs that just kind of drill you, like, you know, put a nail in the coffin. Yeah, and I mean, one of the biggest killers for the Phillies earlier in the season is that they were they were hanging in there with the good teams, but they weren't beating the teams they should have beat. Like, the teams, like, the Rockies and the Nationals and stuff like that. Like I'm pretty sure they get they uh they lost a series to the Nationals. Yeah, I think you're right. Um because I think we had talked about it and how bad the Phillies were looking, especially with one of their uh stars, Trey Turner. Yeah, he's like, gotta do something. Yeah, he he's another player to look at to turn it around because if he turns it around, that's that's the the leadoff hitter for a team that can just put up 20 runs on you like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, you know, looking at this Phillies team, there's no reason they shouldn't be good. Obviously, Nola and Wheeler need to be better, both of them. Yeah. But we know exactly what they can be, and what they can be is some of the best pitchers in the league. Like, Cy Young contending pitchers year in and year out, is exactly what I think of with these two guys. And then Taiwan Walker is an okay starter. Same with Ranger Suarez. Christopher Sanchez, on the other hand, not great. Uh, but, you know, the ERA is low. He's just not winning them games. 
Yeah. Um, and, and he doesn't have a lot of starts either. So, you know, I can't fault them for his kind of, you know, shortcomings, but Ranger Suarez just has not been good, to, to say the least. Yeah, his ERA is only at 377, which isn't abysmal, but when you're, you know, two and four right now and you've started 11 games, I, I need to see a little bit more. I, I at least need to see more decisions. Yeah, especially last year, he would torch teams. Like, yeah, he was one of the most underrated pitchers in the league last year, especially also with how he torched the Braves. I, I felt like we always faced him. Yeah. Um, but no, you're totally right because we're taking a team that was in the World Series last year and they were supposed to add bullpen, um, and just add pitching and they were supposed to be the top of the NL East this year. Yeah, that's that's at least what people thought. And in this bullpen, you have great options. Obviously, Craig Kimbrell has been kind of here and there, but you have Gregory Soto, you have Matt Strom, who are both pretty solid relievers, and then Jose Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez, uh, they are injured right now, but Jose Alvarado has shown that he can be one of the best. And Sir Anthony Dominguez has been pretty good at points in his career. Yeah, Alvarado's gross. Yeah. That... Oh, God, I don't even want to talk about it. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one thought the Braves were going to come out and win 60 games in the first half. No. So I think the the Phillies are in a probably the best place out of any other team to make a push. Yeah, yeah. they're 12 games back, but there's still a lot of baseball to be played. Certainly. And then um, one more team that I just kind of want to see it turn around is the Cardinals. Whether, like, it almost seems like they're out of contention at this point, 38 and 52. It's the, you know, third worst in the entire National League. They look so bad. But they have the, the, the ability to win baseball games. That's what throws me off so much is that you have a pretty solid starting rotation that just hasn't pitched well this season. You've got great options in the bullpen, and you have a very, very, very good starting lineup, and it's just not working anywhere. Yeah, and I mean, I wouldn't say they're completely out of it. They're only 11 and a half games back. The NL Central is not a very – we were just talking about the Phillies being 12 back. I know, but I don't think they're going to win the division. Yeah, I'm – Milwaukee, Chicago, they're, on, they're about one – Milwaukee's one game back, Chicago's seven games back. But with the NL Central, I they can make a push to win. Maybe. With how you just talk, we know the Cardinals can be good. We know. We've seen it. Hell, Paul Goldschmidt had one of the most impressive MVP years that I had seen before we're going to see this year. Um, but... No, because their offense is explosive. You've already said that. It's one of the most exciting ones to watch, especially with how young they are. So yeah. we know that we know that they can do it. I think they need support from their, their front office. That the, they need to know that the front office can rely on them to get it done. Because yeah. recently, like the Cardinals make the most moves out of every team. So it's another team to be interested when it comes to the trade deadline this year. Are yeah. they seller? Are they sellers? It's at the moment, yes. But if they they have a month essentially to prove to 
to the you know front office that they are in contention. They need to buy. That's the only thing that's going to save this team is if they can turn it up in August, address the needs, or sorry, turn it up in July in the start of August, and allow that to, you know, have success, but see where your shortcomings are, address those needs, and get prepared for the end of the season. Because if you guys sit at, you know, let's say they're sitting around like 45 and 60, they're not going to be buyers. Yeah, no, not at all, not at all. They need to, they need to hit like a ten game win streak right out the gate. Yeah, the, the, that's really their only option is to win. They they've got to be at like fifty something wins by the trade deadline. Yeah, and I think at the end. Oh wow, what a voice crack! I think at the end of July, beginning of August, I think they have a series with Milwaukee that will be very crucial oh, to them. Yeah. Um, we all saw what happened last time they played Cincinnati. They got their ass whooped. But no, like you said, I it's it's gonna take miracles for St. Louis to do anything this year. But that's a team we all want to root for. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's get to some teams that might fall off. Uh, how about you start it? All right, I'm going back to the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Yeah, their their pitching staff won't hang on. I want them to prove me wrong. I really do. Yeah, but I just don't with how young that team is. I just don't think it will withstand for 162 games. I I don't know because the thing is, is that with the position they're in right now, they're certainly buyers at the trade deadline. Oh yeah, you're two uh, games back in one of the best divisions in baseball, if not the best this season. Why are you not buying? Yeah, it's. I can see from that 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 uh, point of view, like they definitely, they ne- they definitely need to look at especially some pitching. Yeah, like their their lineup's pretty solid, in yeah. my opinion. It's it's just so young. For mm-hmm. for me to be fully behind this team right now, it's they're just they've shown me that they can do it for one half of baseball. True, but also a majority of these guys were there last year, and they proved that they could be a very good team kind of more second half of the season. So they're kind of riding off that. They had a great second half of the season last year. They've started off this first half great. You know, who's to say they can't keep it up? True. Yeah. And like I said, I really hope they prove me wrong. Yeah. I really do because what Tyler Wells is having a phenomenal year. Yeah, I just got to see it out of everybody else in that rotation because you've got good bullpen arms. Felix Bautista, Yenier Cano have been two of the best. And – it just seems like, you know, Kyle Gibson is just not a guy that you're going to, you shouldn't be going to as your second in the rotation. He's got a 4.6 ERA this season and a 1.31 whip. That's, yeah. That is horrible. Kyle Bradish hasn't been terrible, but needs a little bit more run support, I'd say. A 3.32 ERA is totally fine, and a whip at 1.18 isn't that bad, but he's 5-4. and four. I got you. And one thing we can see is this right out the gate, they have some very tough series. Like I think their next four series, they go, they play Marlins at home, Dodgers at home. Then they travel to Tampa Bay for the race. And then they travel to uh, Philly for the Phillies. They've got a tough, 
a tough run in general just to start it. Their first break is really August 4th against the <laughs> the Mets. Yeah, like, then the Yankees, then the Blue Jays, and it's yeah. just like, wow. Like, if they can show, if they show me that they can come out on top through this stretch of series, I'm fully behind them for the rest of the season. Yeah, if they can, if they win the series against Miami, they win the series against L.A., even if they just take one against L.A. and take three against Tampa or at least split that four-game series against Tampa, I'm I'm bought in. Yeah. it's And a lot of it's behind uh, the captain, Adley Rushman. Yep. What a showing with that home run derby, though. Oh, yeah. Switching wow. to the right. God. Makes, me, makes me think he should have hit righty the whole time. Exactly. Makes me think his dad shouldn't have been pitching to him. It's just so smooth, dog. <laughs> no, uh, Adolis needed a new pitcher, though. Let oh, me tell you. Hey, he throws a mean breaking ball. <laughs> Throwing blown away sliders. I'm just yeah. like, hey, some people what? like it. Yeah, but not in a, a pool friendly. Yeah, that's the problem. T-Mobile Park. Yeah, was the the ball field it wasn't quite made for that. Maybe if yeah. they're playing at uh, Fenway. Or yeah, Yankee Stadium. Um. But let me get to my first team that I think is going to fall off. And and I honestly, I hate to say this, but I think it's the Marlins. Yeah, I can see it. Because if they're not going to be willing to buy at the deadline, they're going to get hit with this rude awakening of obviously Atlanta's dominance, but also Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I see their issues. Obviously, we just talked about how the Orioles opened it up this second half against them. That's going to be a huge series for both of these teams. The Marlins are 53 and 39 and the Orioles are 54 and 35. And I just I need to see dominance from one of these two teams because both of them are kind of at risk of falling short of the expectations that have been put on them for the second half. Yeah. And honestly, I see that team really be in Baltimore just cuz of Miami's pitching. Miami needs pitchers like that. Their lineup is good and scrappy. They got guys who will do small ball. They got guys who will put it 500 feet out of the stadium. Um, but they're pitching, especially like they sent Yuri Perez down to manage innings. So we'll see him later in the season back up. But we say it every time we we're, we're together, Grayson, Sandy Alcantara has not shown us shit this year. No. Nobody except for Yuri Perez has shown us anything out of this rotation because Jesus Lazardo hasn't been horrible, but he certainly hasn't been great. Edward Cabrera, you know, he's on the IL right now, but he's been pretty average, more on the bad side. He's doing a rehab assignment, um, I think, right before the All Star break he did. So he should be back when they come back from the break, but he's got to get his ass in gear. A 4 7 ERA is not acceptable. Braxton Garrett is just okay, and kind of the same goes for Brian Hoeing. But in general, this Miami Marlins rotation needs help, and if they don't win more games, they're going to end up being sellers, unfortunately. Yeah, I – excuse me. <coughs> I I totally agree. I totally agree. Miami, they're, they're destined for greatness, but they need they need pitching. Yeah, certainly. 100%. And, I, like, their bullpen's fine. Yeah, they're, I'd they're, like a better really closer fine. than A.J. Puck. 
Eh, who gives a fuck? But then again, it, like, you know, there's not too much that needs to be done with this lineup. Yeah, maybe some extra bats because, you know, you hit a weak spot with this lineup when it comes to Jan Segura. Even Garrett Cooper hasn't been very good. Joey Wendell hasn't been all that good. Brian De La has been pretty good. Same with Jesus Sanchez. But the bulk of it is coming from Jorge, Jazz, and Luis Arise. And yeah, not, not even necessarily Jazz. Yeah, Jazz really hasn't been much. But it's mainly Jorge and Luis. Mm-hmm. And you got to add a couple more bats. Even if it's guys that aren't going to start every day, let them play a few games a week and let them at least kind of acclimate to this lineup and then start starting them if they get hot. But I think the main things you address, you got to add a starting pitcher, you got to add a closer, and you got to add at least one or two solid bats at the deadline. Yeah, I I, I agree. I uh, Listen, so when you said that for bats, for people that might not start every day, you know, you know who the first person that came to my mind was? I don't know why, but Brandon Jewelry. Dude, I've, I was actually talking about him being um, a possible pickup for the Dodgers. Yeah, like, because he's a phenomenal not-everyday player. Yeah. Right, he can hold it down, and he, he can play the outfield. He can play the corners. Um, he can play second base. Second base, he can just sit DH. And he's got power, sneaky power, too. Yeah, I think Brandon Drury actually could be a pretty big target in this second half. Mm-hmm. I got gotcha. you. There's plenty of teams that could use uh, such a strong utility. Uh, but let's go, uh, one more team that you think might fall off. Uh, it, it's hard to say fall. I'm just going to mention them. They're not my actual pick, but one team I think is about to shit the bed is the Yankees. Yeah. And mainly cause they were already shit in the bed, but they still have a winning record, you know, 49, 42, but their offense is just atrocious. Yeah, the defense isn't much better. Without Judge in the lineup, you're struggling for power between John Carlos Stanton and Josh Donaldson. Like, those were supposed to be your two main power guys besides Judge. And Josh Donaldson has 15 hits in the season. Yeah, and it doesn't help that DJ LeMahieu sucks. Oh, he's awful. Isn't he but, batting like eight hole now? He's not even in the starting lineup much. That's just the. It he's just shows. DJ it just, batting two twenty is insane. It just shows another New York team that can put in a lot of money with no success. Yeah, but we'll see. I think now. Hear me out. Do you think the Yankees are sellers? Being eight games back, it's we, tough because they're close in the wild card. Yeah, with no doubt, and they're close in the division too. It's they're not that far off. Yeah, well, they're they're one out of a wild card spot. You know, one good series against the Blue Jays, and they flip spots. Yeah, their their pitching's honestly going to be fine. Yeah, they're. I think the the rest this All Star break is going to be good for them. Um, and also, I didn't pay attention. How did Rodon's start go? Not great, but was it was it like a limited start? Uh, I think he went 5.1, okay. um, gave up two runs, four hits, two walks, had two strikeouts. So it wasn't great for sure, but, but it's not horrible. 
Yeah, and you know you got to get reacclimated. He hasn't pitched in the MLB since last season. Yeah, sorry to go off topic, but we haven't we haven't had a chance to talk about this, Greg. Manoa, he can't that yeah, that start I back. I know. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to get into it. I I want <laughs> I'm I've been praying on his downfall all year. <laughs> but no, I'll uh, I'm gonna settle with the Yankees falling off. Yeah, I really am. Just, I got, uh, I got I one that I something. don't that I don't want to see fall off, but they might if they're not aggressive enough at the trade deadline. And that's the Reds. Okay, I didn't want to say it because I, I know you're high on the Reds. Yeah, look, the, they there's plenty of issues to address with this team. Though they have been playing great baseball, there's a lot of holes, mainly pitching. Yeah, I was about to say mainly four holes in the starting rotation. Yeah. If your name's not Andrew Abbott, you need to pitch better or you're getting replaced. And in the bullpen, if your name's not Alexis Diaz, you probably should have already been replaced. <laughs> With eight more Diaz's. Yeah, we need all the Diaz's. Except Lucas Sims. He's been okay. Dude, could you imagine a bullpen with Bautista, Yenier Cano, and Diaz? Bro. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah. I will say, though, um, with how bad the Mets have been, Max Scherzer said he's down to, to waive his trade clause. Oh, Max Scherzer to Cincinnati? I think it's I think it's between two teams, or, or really three teams, that would yes. be looking to get him. I think it'd be – no, I don't even think the Yankees. Um, I think it'd be Orioles, Reds, Diamondbacks. I think I think really the – I don't think he would go same division to the Diamondback or not uh, old team. Yeah, same league. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's weird. I could definitely see him going to Cincinnati though. Yeah, because Cincinnati's. I honestly think they're about to be all in. Yeah, the thing is, is like, is Max Scherzer even worth it? Not, not Mets Max Scherzer. Yeah. No, not at all. That's but, the problem. Give me, uh, give me old Nationals, Max Scherzer. Give me Tigers, Max Scherzer. I'll be cool with it. I'll, I'll take Tigers, Max Scherzer. <laughs> Why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah. I but agree. we did. We we've seen that you know, Verlander and Scherzer just shit in the bed this year. Yeah. It kind of sucks, but since they play for the Mets, it doesn't. So, do you think with how bad Verlander is doing, you think this might be his last year? I don't know. Because he's getting up there in age. Yeah, but he's got that. He's got money. He's got Kate, money Upton's, to make. Kate Upton's not going to wait forever. That's true. That's I, true. Actually, she does like money. Well, I think she has plenty of her own. Yeah, but it's fucking Justin Merlin, you're wrong. She's got plenty of something else. All right. Player, <laughs> players that might turn around in the second half. Who are you thinking? There's a, so, lot of, there's a lot of options. A lot of guys was, have not been very good this year. I know. And we talked about my number one is, is going Tim Anderson. Yeah. Uh, he He's showing that he is like a bottom-tier shortstop right now. Not only from his offense, but errors in the field too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, honestly, I think he had – I don't think he had a single home run in the first half. If I can recall, 
and that's not his gay because because usually he's he's like up there leading shortstops and home runs yeah zero home runs in 61 hits that's that's just off like the hits is not that bad yeah but when you're looking at a guy who career-wise has 97 home runs in 3,400 at bats, and he has zero home runs in 274. Like that's a that's concerning. His OPS career-wise is down to a five. Or his this season he's at a 5.21. His career OPS a 7.40. Yeah, which is like we said, we're not used to seeing this, seeing this from Tim Anderson. Yeah, he's uncharacteristically bad. So he can't keep this up forever. He's got to go back to his old self soon. Possibly. I just. Yeah, uh, he's my number one for turning it around. Okay, he will. Mine, he will. mine is Alex Bregman, because like he hasn't been that bad, but he's certainly not as good as he should be. Okay, you you get what I mean though. Like, yeah, he's batting right now for a career low batting average, and one of his lowest on base percentages. The slugging is certainly his lowest by far at a three eighty seven. And he's still an above-average hitter, OPS plus-wise, just above league average at 102. It just seems like he's not – he doesn't have the power that he's had in prior years. And, yeah, you know, his best totals were when they were cheating. But I just – I don't know. I I need to see more power out of him because he – that's what we know Alex Bregman for. Good glove in the field, and he'll hit a couple bombs. Yeah, like we're used to seeing Alex Bregman, LSU superstar. Yeah. And right now he's showing us an average third baseman. Exactly. So I, I'd like to see him turn around. I think he could be a big help to the Astros, possibly taking a big leap forward in the second half. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. All right. Who's another guy you got? I'm going Mr. Jack Flaherty. Mm. Um, I'm waiting. I was about to say, like, we we need it. All right, he's supposed to be St. Louis's top guy. But, I mean, he's sitting his, – his ERA is 427. Yeah. And we're not used to seeing that with his career ERA being just above three. Um, He's six and five. He's pitched 17 games. So, I mean, right there with the record, you have, what, six no decisions? Uh, 92 innings pitch, 89 Ks with a whip of uh, 156. Yeah. So, he was showing he was showing life there at the end of the first half, I will say. His outings become better. He's going deeper into games. Hell, his last seven games, he three three and one with a three oh two ERA. It's so I honestly it's all gonna depend on if it's too late or not. Yeah. But here's the thing we might see Jack Flaherty pitching somewhere other than St. Louis if the Cardinals are sellers. And I think that's a very possible outcome. I do. I honestly do. But, yeah, he would be my next guy to turn it around. All right. My next guy is Willie Adamas. He just, like, Milwaukee's been pretty good this year, and it just doesn't seem like he is 
giving that much of a contribution. Like Christian Yelich has been kind of picking up the dead weight a little bit, but from what we've seen from Willie Adamas the past couple of years, he needs to be much better. Mm-hmm. Like he's never going to hit for a high average, but he's a career 250 guy. Right now he's batting 213 and the on-base percentage at 294 is really just unacceptable for a guy like him. Like he needs to be getting on base over 300. And it just seems like he's he just doesn't have an eye for the ball this season. Just something about it. Like, the home runs are down a little bit at 16. He's got 46 RBIs, which should be honestly much higher at this point in the year. But I don't, I don't know what it is because this is kind of when he should be breaking out. It's his second – or, yeah, his second full year in, uh, in Milwaukee. He, you know, he had that great season in 21 and – he got hurt in 20 or in, yeah, sorry. He just had a down year in 2022 and we're just kind of expecting him to be better this year and he's gotten worse. Yeah, I, I agree. So hopefully Willie Adamas can turn it around. Oh, so he's a, he's a phenomenal ball player. Yeah. So, but no, I I'm right there behind him. All right. Any other guys you got? I got one more. Yeah. And he plays for the Tampa Bay Rays. Hmm. And that's Brandon Lau. Yep. Because off to a hot start. Like, for the, like, I think for the first month when they were on their tear, he was batting, like, three three fifty. Yeah. And then cooled off a little bit, and then got hot again. But he is just plummeted now. He's batting two oh nine. Only with with only nine home runs and thirty one RBIs, that's not great. Yeah, Tampa Bay's got other guys who have picked up for him. Uh, Isaac Paredes has really stepped up and filled his shoes, but Brandon Lau is a staple in the Tampa Bay's organization. So it's hard not to root for the guy. So I really do hope that he will turn it around. Yeah, I think for him. It just seems like he's not putting the ball in play. Yeah, he's striking out a lot. Uh, see if I can get that number. Uh, should should be able to find it easily on Fangraphs. Yeah, he he's already he struck out sixty eight times mm. in fifty five games played this season. Yeah, not great. Yeah, his he, K percentage this season a thirty one point six. Yeah, he's doubled his strikeouts than his hits. I think, yeah, 187 at-bats, and he struck out 68 times. Yeah, and and we know he's not, like, a, 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 you know, hit machine. Or Sorry, he's not, like, um, you know, a contact guy. He's going to hit for power. But when you're hitting 209 and you only have nine home runs, it's kind of inexcusable. 100%. He's not Luis Arias. He's not going to see two pitches and be two for two with two singles. Yeah. He's, he, if you have runners on, he's going to go for that that hit in the gap or that hit over the wall. Yeah, he might slap a single the other way, but that's not who he is. He's, yeah. a up the, he's the up the middle pull kind of guy. Sorry. He wants he wants to see backspin on that ball and leave the park. Yeah. But he, he's you, just, he's really just having like, 
the most underwhelming season that we've seen out of him in a long time. Of course, he was injured last year, but in years prior, he was very, very good. Yeah, and it's so weird seeing him uh, playing so badly for a team that's playing so good. Yeah. Like, it is crazy to yeah. think about that. Like, it's at the point where he can't even get in the lineup. Yeah. Who knows if he'll make it back. Yeah, he honestly could end up being a guy that at the deadline they send him off for something better. Yeah. He'll get some uh, more bullpen work or another starter. Yeah. I could definitely see that. So we'll see what the, the future holds for him. But, yeah, I'd like to see him turn around. And then uh, my final guy, Jose Abreu. I, I picked another Astro, just kind of uh, just a coincidence. But this guy's having career lows in just about every st- statistic. It's crazy. Uh, his lowest batting average by like a significant amount. He's batting 237. He's a career 288 hitter. Yeah, it's wow. Is all I'm gonna say for Jose Abreu. Yeah, like in his career, he's never had a season under a two WAR, and he was still an All Star that year. And this season, negative 0.9 WAR. Jeez, it's crazy. The guy's getting paid 19 and a half million dollars. To do jack shit. Jesus, that is just. What are you doing, Jose? Yeah, dude, this guy is a, a former MVP, a former rookie of the year, a three time Silver Slugger, three time All Star. He leaves Chicago, gets to Houston, and just can't do anything for this team. Yeah. And he's got to turn it around. I know age is catching up to him. He had, you know, kind of a late start to his MLB career at 27. But even though you're 36, doesn't mean you should stop hitting for a high average. That's that's the kind of guys that typically go and have a long career is the guys that hit for a high average. And for some reason, you just can't do that this year. Yeah, I mean, hit for average, the long ball and extra base hits for come, will come. Yeah. Like, we see how much praise Luis Arias is getting right now for having that high average. His other numbers for extra base hits and home runs and stuff like that are low. But here's the thing. He's getting on base. Yeah. That's like a little a little money ball takeaway. He gets on base. Exactly. So, yeah, Jose Abreu, you just got to do better, man. Do Stupid. All right. All right who, are, who are some guys that are going to fall off? This is tough. It's hard to predict these kinds of things. It is. Like, it's it's weird to think about, too. Yeah, um, and unfortunately, I picked a lot of young players. Actually, all, pick, three, all three of them are young players. Did you pick any Reds? Uh, no. Surprisingly, no. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, one of mine is a Red, and I'm going to get crucified for it oh don't you say it ellie de la cruz yeah ain't no way he's keeping man ain't no way he's keeping this shit up yeah but here's the thing the way he started he could go out have a one for four game with a home run and people are gonna think oh is he okay like what's going on yeah because they're used to three for four. They're seeing him steal second, steal third, and steal home all between, all between two pitches. Like, but no, I I honestly, he's just too new to the league. He ain't no way he's keeping this up. Yeah. 
If he does, good for him. If if not, you're young. Don't think about it too much. Mm. All right, my first guy. This one, this kind of sucks because this is a team that I wanted to for them to turn it around. I just don't know if this guy can keep up how good he's playing. It's Bryson Stott. Okay. Yeah, second season in the league, and the numbers look pretty damn good. I got to be honest. Yeah. It's just yeah. the the issue is that, you know, last season, yes, it was his first year in the league. He played 127 games, had a 234 batting average, a 295 on base percentage. Of course, he was going to do better than that this year. I don't know if I can believe these numbers. Doing this much better? Like, he's just putting the ball in play a lot and getting very lucky is what it seems like. Like, his batting average on balls in play right now is a three forty one, and it makes that look a little bit more fluky when you see that he's not striking out and he's not walking. So he's putting so many balls in play, and he's just somehow getting on base. Hey, man, whatever works for him. Yeah, yeah. But it worked. But no, nah, I'm with you. But I, as much as we want to see the Phillies uh, bring it back and make this division close, I don't think Bryson Stock can keep up what he's got going for him right now. Yeah, which sucks because I want him to be good. Yeah, uh, 100%. I'm right. right there behind you. Your next guy. All right. I got a diamond back now. Okay. Geraldo Perdomo mm. made his first all-star game this year. Had an amazing first half. Had a 271, uh, 61 hits. He's He's got five home runs, but that's just because he's not a power hitter. He's like Luis Arias, but just with less hits. But I, I actually think it's a whole team thing. And I know you're going to hate me for saying this. I think the Diamondbacks are about to hit a massive slump. Nope. I think they'll win every one out of every five games with Zach Allen. Nah. But I think they're about to hit a massive slump because, I don't know, it's just when I look at their lineup, I see four four main guys. And that's really Ketel Marte, Corbin Carroll, Perdomo and Guriel. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that they can add is like two more bats and two starting pitchers. Yeah, it seems like this is the year that a lot of teams in contention need starting pitchers. Yeah, and a lot of shit teams. I think part of that could be pitch clock and no shift. Yeah, I guess old the old. Really good pitchers are yeah used to the way things used to be. Yeah, I just think it generates more offense naturally. You know, maybe maybe we won't be looking. You know, you know, these couple of years down the road, maybe we won't be looking for the guys that are sub three anymore as like the great pitchers. Maybe it'll be the guys that are like sub three five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it I mean, certainly it, feels like runs are up. Yeah, the game the game's changed, and honestly, I've loved the pitch clock this year. I love it. I, I, me and you were on the phone during the All Star game, and I said that it, it was like hard to watch the All Star game because there's no pitch clock. Yeah, it's just it moves so slow. It makes the game more exciting. Yeah, I did not think that you know 
80, 90 games into the season, I would be at this point where I was already used to the pitch clock. I, I can't watch a game without it anymore. <laughs> it's It was hard to sit down and watch that entire All-Star game. Yeah, it was very slow. Yeah. But all, all All-Star games usually are. Because they're having fun. Yeah, out there they got extra doing... stuff they got to do. They got to make it, a, you know, a spectacle. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. So to top it off, we're gonna see a lot of pitching trades go down. Yeah. And like, I, I think it's gonna be about seventy percent of the trades is pitching this year. Yeah, I think that'll be the biggest part because there's so many good bats around the league this year. Yeah, there's like. Uh, Everybody's teams have bats that can produce. Yeah, except the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think they have one guy over two thirty. Yeah, especially with Judge out of the lineup, dude. It's just wow. Like your leadoff batter's hitting like two fifteen. That's horrible. I know. It is I think, brutal. I think IKF is one of their best right now. Yeah, and he's not starting every day. Exactly. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go with my next guy who I think is going to fall off. And it's just unfortunate because I think I had to pick one guy out of this core of this team to fall off, and it, he just happens to be the one that I chose. Um, I think it's Josh Jung. I think he just kind of slows down a little bit. And not that I think he's been a fluke this season. Nothing that he's shown has been a fluke, but somebody on that Rangers team has to slow down, and I don't think it's going to be the veteran guys. Really? Yeah, I think, you know, Simeon can keep it up. We've seen him do it over a full season. Same with Seager. Adolis Garcia has just been very good these last couple of years since his career started. So, I don't know. It just seems like Josh Jung would be the one out of the, the few that would start to slow down. Like, I, I just think that you know, maybe he's just going to start getting on base a little bit less. Uh, but I think we're going to notice uh, a, a little bit of a drop-off in his game. Okay, I can respect the opinion. I think he's – we haven't seen the best of him yet for this season. I, I don't know. We've seen some, some very good baseball out of him this season. Yeah, but dude, I'm so high on this dude. Oh, I am too. I think he's phenomenal. I just think that it's going to slow down a little bit. Just kind of that, you know, get used to that the whole 162 games in the MLB. It, it It's hard to do. It is hard for just about anybody that's a rookie to just keep yeah. it up the entire season. That's why you don't see a lot of rookie of the years that, you know, hit for a high average and hit a bunch of home runs and continue to hit get RBIs and continue to get on base all season. They're going to hit their skids, and Josh Jung just hasn't yet. Yeah, I mean, we saw it there at the uh, end of the first half. Corbin Carroll was starting to skid. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how he comes out the gate after maybe the All-Star game took his mind off some things and he had to relax, have some fun. But it also seemed like he was taking that All-Star game very seriously. Yeah, which is concerning. Yeah, like I did not see a lot of smiles and having fun and stuff like that. Yeah, well, also, that's where he's from. So yeah. a little added pressure. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But uh, who knows? I mean, is Corbin Carroll another person that we talk about falling off? I Like we said, I guess we could just say – the the rookie the rookies as a whole. Okay, so you kind of just spoiled my third one. 
was it rookies as a whole? No, it's Corbin Carroll. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I didn't well, want to say anything, but here we'll we'll collab our third because he was okay. practically mine too. Okay, yeah, I, but, I just I don't know. It, it kind of the same thing that I said for Josh Jung. It kind of works for Corbin Carroll as well. You did mention that he kind of started to skid right before the All Star break, but he's still been a great player. It, 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 honestly more power than I could have thought out of him. And obviously the speed's phenomenal. The glove in the outfield is crazy good. But like I said for Josh Jung, at some point you can't be just the best. You can't just continue to just be the best player. And and he's going to slow down a little bit. Yeah, and honestly with – he can't afford to slow down. If he wants that NL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he's got some guys that are hot on his tail. By that, I mean every rookie from the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, I think Spencer Steer may be the best case, just because he's got way more games played than Ellie. Yeah, but but is, is Matt McClain? Yeah, him is, too. It, yeah. yeah, rookie. Like Andrew he, Abbott. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, no, like you said, I mean, the man's a rookie who has – 89 hits already. He's got 20 doubles. Yeah. Three triples, 18 home runs. That's the most, that's the stat that stands out the most because mm-hmm. he's not a big guy. He is not a big guy. When it comes to size, he's compared to like Ozzy Albies. Yeah. No, he's a, a, a pretty small guy in general, like 6'10, 165. Wait, wait, wait. You said 6'10? Sorry. 5'10, 165. He is definitely not 6'10". <laughs> <laughs> I must say, if you're 6'10", you need to be on that pitching mound, dude. Dude, if you're 6'10", you need to be playing for the Suns, not the Diamondbacks. Hey, maybe he enjoys baseball. But on, can we talk – I know it's not something we plan on talking about, but DJ Uga Booga getting drafted by the Dodgers. You can't <laughs> – That is not anywhere close to You could have at least tried. Nah, bro, I'm not trying. That, that's his name. That's it's Uwonga Okay, yeah, I'm not I'm not doing that. It's pretty cool that he got drafted, I gotta be honest. Yeah, I didn't even know he played baseball. Yeah, me neither. But when I looked him up and saw that he was the 282nd ranked right-handed pitcher by Perfect Game coming out of high school, I was a little confused. So did he not play at all at Clemson? No. Wow, and he no. still got drafted. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, but then again, like those late round ones, that's when you see them do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, he, this, is he smart to pursue it? Because he uh, sure shit. I don't know if he's going to the NFL. I don't know. We'll see. He, he's got time in college. He can get drafted again. What is, is he a junior? Uh, I think so. Because he's at, he's at Oregon State now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they got a, they got a phenomenal baseball team. That's true. Insane. Oh, oh, I wonder if that kickstarts him becoming a two-way athlete. Maybe. Maybe we do see him play some baseball. Interesting. Yeah, that would be crazy. All right, but yeah, sorry to take it off. But yeah, I think the rookies as a whole are going to yeah. go into a pretty... Did you have anybody ball. else outside of rookies? Not really. I mean, okay. I. it's pretty obvious that, like you said, with the core group of the Rangers, somebody with the core group of the Braves is going to fall off. Yeah. And it's 
it's got to be Orlando Garcia. Probably. Like he's already started. He's he's in a slump right now. Yeah. It's not pretty. He is striking out more and more, and he's just not. Yeah, his his defense is phenomenal, and that's the biggest reason we have him. Mm-hmm. But he's got to keep this offense up, man. No, no loose holes in this ship. Yeah, that that is the thing is that if he slows down too much, then you know that bottom of the lineup kind of gets all out of sorts because Michael Harris just flat out hasn't been what we needed from him. Yes, he started to turn it up a little bit, but certainly haven't seen what we need out of him. And you know, for the moment, Michael Harris is kind of the weak link, and we've been able to make up for it. If Orlando Garcia and Mike Har- or Michael Harris both slow down. I don't really trouble. want to see where that goes. Yeah, we're in trouble. So let's not do that, guys. Let's yeah. keep it up and let's be the first team to 100 wins. Sound good? For sure. Sounds good. Sounds good. Maybe uh, maybe win like 110 games. I love it. Sounds good to me. Maybe don't lose another game this year. Yeah, fuck it. Postseason included. Yeah. Well, how many games have we played? Uh, like around 86. Is that right? Uh, we are 89 games in. So you got, what, seven? Don't ask me. I suck at math. Yeah, I know. I'm struggling to do this in my head right now. <laughs> Let's see. Nonetheless, there's a lot of games to be played, and just don't lose them. Yeah, so you said we're at 89. We got 73 games left. 73. Yeah. Easy. Easy. We're going on a 73 and 0 run. Good gracious. Fuck it. That would be insane. It would be absolutely crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think every day the Braves would start getting checked for ruins and yeah. any, anything else that can improve their game. Yep. All right. Well, now that we're kind of done with these, who might fall off, who might turn it up, uh, let's just talk about who our playoff teams are right now. Who do you think by the end of this season is going to make the playoffs in each league? Okay. So, I mean, we'll start with the division winners. Yeah. I'll start in the AL. So AL, I want to say both the Rays and the Orioles are going to make it. Okay. Um, I, I wish they could just take out the AL central spot and just give it to another team in the AL East. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's crazy. So, what are we? So, Rays and Orioles. I'm probably gonna go Guardians. Yeah. For the AL, for the AL Central, AL West. I'm gonna stick with the Rangers. Agreed. Um. So what? That leaves two wild card spots left. Yep. So, dude, it's. It's hard because I want to give one of those spots to the Blue Jays because I think that they can really turn around, especially when one of their best hitters was having a very bad uh, beginning. Yeah. I And it's Vlad. I think him winning the home run derby might take his energy up a little bit. Hopefully. Um. So I'll go, I'll go Blue Jays and then fuck it. I'll stick the Astros in there. Okay. Yeah. Pretty similar to mine. 
Um, I've got the Rays, Guardians, and um, Rangers winning their divisions, and then the Orioles, Astros, and then I think the Yankees can because I think they'll be willing to be buyers at the trade deadline. I think Donaldson goes away. Um, you pick up somebody that's just much more consistent and maybe throw in another arm at the end of the rotation. I think they could definitely make the moves they need to with the talent they have, or at least mm-hmm. the players that they have, to make it even better. So I think they'd be the team before the Blue Jays uh, that would make it in for me. But, yeah, I think Blue Jays and Mariners would be first ones out. I think Red Sox are going to take a pretty bad dip. Yeah, I, I somebody from this, this division's got to take – Take one for yeah. the team and just start sucking. Yeah, I got a feeling it's the Red Sox. Oh, uh, yeah, they don't really have pitching. Yeah. You can't um, be a good team without pitching. That's very true. And then for the National League, um, I'll go ahead and do mine. Uh, obviously, the Braves. And then I I weirdly think the Dodgers easily pull away. I said it last week on Stake Your Claim that I think they'll end up winning a division by like six or seven games. Okay. And then um, I think the Brewers end up winning the National League Central, oddly enough. Yeah, I can, I can see it. I mean, the Brewers have a history of yeah. finishing well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also just – I believe in their pitching, whether, you know, it's been good or not. Yeah. And then I think Diamondbacks' first team in the wild card or the Marlins, one of the two. But I think both of them kind of take a little bit of a step back, and that wild card spot gets a little more dicey. Uh, but both of them make it, Diamondbacks and Marlins. And I think the Phillies. I think the Phillies can turn it up, uh, and we'll take two teams from the uh, East. Okay. No uh... – Yeah, you don't think the Giants can hang in there? Yeah, no Giants, no Reds, unfortunately. The Reds one's kind of crazy. I don't know. I just – I don't think they'll be willing to buy as much as they need to at the trade deadline. Okay. Because all, so... all of their youth that they could give up is what's actually – doing something for them yeah I, I mean i that's that's the thing about 162 games bro anything can happen true so but all right so i'll I, i'm taking the braves i'd be dumb not to and then we'll go I, i'm gonna take the reds finishing out with the you know central that they're gonna win the division okay and then i'm i'm gonna go dodgers because I agree with you. I think they'll just start to slowly pull away. And then in the blink of an eye, they'll be up eight games. Yeah. And playing the Diamondbacks to clinch the division. And then let's see. So I got three wild card spots. Give me give me Diamondbacks. Give me give me the Phillies. Oh, dude. Uh, I guess I, I'm just going to go Marlins. That's yeah. the only thing I can think of. Like, part of me wants to say that the Mets will make it. No. But they just, it, no. it's just. A ship has sailed. Yeah. The thing is, like, their team is so good on paper. Yeah. Like, uh, like a World Series contender on paper. Oh, yeah. But goddamn, it's in person. It's fucking atrocious. Yeah, there. I purposefully have not watched much Mets baseball, and I'm so happy Pete Alonso got knocked out first round in the home run derby. Oh my god, yes. 
Dude, how funny would it have been if Julio Rodriguez was wearing a shirt that said throw it again while he was hitting? <laughs> um, I bet all the Braves were smiling. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But I, I want to say, like, I wanted to say something during when we were talking about the All-Star game. Um, just the Braves defense in general, that game. Yeah. Like, Austin Riley looked like the best third baseman in the league. Dude, when we had that all Braves infield, it made me feel real good. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like, boy, because the, the Ranger, Rangers just had third, short, second, right? Yeah, and then Adolis was out in the outfield, and yeah. Jonah Heim was behind the plate. Dude, maybe they should have just put Jonah Heim at first. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude, it, like, the Austin Riley looked fucking unbelievable. Yeah, like, no, that play was fantastic. Which one? Well, the first one. The 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 short the, the, the short slow, rounder. Yeah, yeah, bare hand, great right, scoop, yeah. great position. As a as two former first basemen, I can't say how fantastic what Matt Olson did there like was. Yeah, dude, those those are the hardest picks. The yeah. ones that are right at you, and you have and to you go have to palm switch up. Your feet. Oh yeah, and God. you and you got to go palm up. Yeah. Palm up are the hardest scoops Scary. for a first baseman. But no, but then the double play from Austin Riley. Yeah. It was also they were from the knee. Yeah. Fuck oh, Pete Alonso though. Wish he wasn't part of it. Thanks. All right. Do we have anything else? I think we're done with the MLB. It only took an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> Bro. Our episode before the internet cut out, we were already at like two hours. Yeah, we were like an hour and a half. But yeah, we were probably gonna end up close to two hours. But not this time, because we got some NFL news to talk about that I'm pretty excited for. Uh, let's kick it off here. The New York Jets will be on Hard Knocks this year. NFL and uh, NFL Films decided it will be the Jets, and this couldn't have been uh, – there's not a better team to pick. Dude, that, that's going to be so fun to watch. Oh, my God. Aaron have you watched Rogers. the uh, Have you watched the QB? Not yet. I'm watching it tonight. Um, hey. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start watching it tonight. Maybe we'll talk about it if you're on next week. We'll talk about, um, let's say, just a couple episodes, unless both of us finish it. Yeah, because the, the trailer's good. It looks oh, really yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I've already seen some clips. So yeah, but no. Nah, I think I, it's going to live up to the hype. Like you said, I don't think they could have picked a better team to be on Hard Knocks. Yeah. Yeah, you get Aaron Rodgers, Zach Wilson, and then you've got, like, Sauce and Garrett Wilson, who are super fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think, I, I think it's I, great. It would have been... Like, could you see the Falcons on Hard Knocks? Uh, maybe. Or you think that's just? I don't even think there's enough of a draw blank. for people to watch the Falcons. Yeah, I, I, uh, I feel that. Because at least like last year with like the Lions, like you had some entertaining storylines. I don't think there's very many storylines for the Falcons this off season. Okay. Yeah. Other than Bijan totally... and Tyler Algier, like that's yeah. really it. I just wanted to get your take. Yeah. Uh, but our second thing is kind of crazy. Uh, early in the offseason, the Rams tried very hard. Like, we're actually shopping him. They tried very hard to trade Matt Stafford because they didn't want to pay his $59 million bonus that was coming up. I don't blame him. Yeah. But, like, how crazy. Like, they, they literally were, like, essentially trying to hand him off to a team. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, like, I don't blame him for a guy that can't stay on the field. Yeah. Yeah, for but, sure. Dude, so would that have meant, like, if he would have went, we could we have seen Stetson start week one? I have a feeling they probably would have picked someone up. Who? I don't know. You know, depending on how early in the offseason, they could have gotten some kind of free agent. Yeah. I mean, how just throw A.J. McCarron in there? Just keep Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but too bad he's in Tampa. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, oh I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Like Before he yeah. had signed with Tampa, they could have re-signed him. Yeah, but that's still that's that's insane that they that they came out and said that. You're shopping off your fucking Super Bowl winning quarterback. Your franchise guy besides Cooper Cup. Yeah. But the next thing, uh somebody that I don't really know what's gonna happen with this. Saquon Barkley, he's made it clear to the Giants that he's not gonna play into the franchise tag. And that his availability for week one against the Cowboys will be in question if he doesn't get a long-term deal figured out. And I think they only have like a couple of weeks to figure this out. So looks like the Giants offered Saquon 13 a year, and he wants 16 a year. Jesus. Yeah, and and like in the current running back market, that is a a pretty high number. But then again... It's Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it's Saquon. So... I think the Giants are dumb if they don't do it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, come on, like that's your guy. Who else is gonna who else is gonna handle the rock if you lose Saquon? Matt Brita? <laughs> come on now, like what are we doing? Yeah. Pay the man his money, all right? It will help you in the long run. Yeah. Like, he wants to be there. He wants to be a giant. Make him feel welcome. The thing is, is like looking at 2023 base salaries, he's already, with the franchise tag, him, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard are the third, tied for third in base salary amongst running backs. The only guys getting paid more, Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Understandable. It's fucking not, not much more. Yeah, I mean, it seems like the thing is Saquon knows his worth, but I mean, he's another guy that needs to stay on the field. Like before last season, yeah, he had that he had that big injury, but last year he didn't put up numbers for a full season. True, but like if we're talking, you know, back to the numbers wise, money wise, if you're looking at like his average value. Uh, his annual average value, AAV, um, right now he sits in fifth, or, or seventh, sorry, uh, seventh with that franchise tag. If he got that $16 million, it'd put him, you know, depending on the, the finer numbers, either first or second, because Christian McCaffrey makes 16 in like fifth, $16 million, like 15000 or something uh, on average every year. So do you think that Saquon should be the second or first highest paid running back in the league? Not the first, second or third. Okay. Maybe they can, maybe Saquon will budge. Maybe they get like 15 or like 14 and a half. Like, I feel like that that's a pretty good number for him to shoot for. 16 is just absurd. Yeah. I think it's hard for Saquon to say that he should be getting paid more than Chubb, more than Derrick Henry, 
Like Alvin Kamara, interesting contract there. I I really don't know what the deal is with that. But like it's hard to say that he should be making more than Chubb, Derrick Henry, or Christian McCaffrey. Exactly. And his even if he took that thirteen million that the Giants offered him, he'd be getting more than Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. I guess he wants he wants that that mindset that he's the best, but he just hasn't shown that to us. Yeah, well, let me tell you, money doesn't make you the best because Devontae Freeman was not the best. Uh, he was good in college. Yeah, oh, fantastic college co- er, running back. You almost said quarterback. Yeah, I almost did. <laughs> Don't act like you haven't slipped up. Man, I slip up daily, all right? <laughs> My life's a fucking slip up, but going away from that, let's 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 bring it. Let's lock in. Yeah, uh, lock in. Let's get to this. A fantastic story. Um, Damar Hamlin uh, was at the ESPYS to present the Pat Tillman Award for service to the Bills training staff that uh, honestly you know, saved his life uh, on the cried. football field in that game in January. Yeah, just just insane goosebumps, insane scene. Um, so yeah, truly, truly just like real life superheroes. Yeah. I mean, that training staff, like you said, they fucking brought him back to life. Yeah. He died on that field. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's like, I'm speechless when we talk about it. Yeah. There's nothing else to say other than the fact that like they saved a human being's life on the football field and like there's nothing else can can change what that means yeah and like they weren't frantic they didn't hesitate they knew exactly what needed to be done yeah and this just like that's that's why i don't work for the bills uh training staff i would i would be frozen yeah i'm gonna sound like a horrible person so if you don't want to hate me you can skip like 15 seconds, but I'm going to be, I'm, I'm CPR certified. I am not going to be the first dude to just be like, yep, I got this and start doing compressions. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't want you to give me compressions. <laughs> I know how to do it. I'm I'm not, gonna, no blood on my hands. You're going to put your hands too low. And you're going to crack my ribs. Yeah, dude. I'm going to put a fist through your sternum. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, phenomenal story. I Demar Hamlin. I think it was something so special for him to do this. Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, but let's move on to some lighter subjects. Uh, Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. Um, I'm not sure if you remember this quote, but it was fucking hilarious. Uh, he said to his players on the Packers, "Got to wake up with their piss hot." Hell yeah! Which is such a fire quote, but it gets even more meaning. Now that we've learned that during his time with the Texans, him, Kyle Shanahan, and the other young coaches were referred to collectively as the Piss Boys. <laughs> what the fuck? I guess it's just because they always woke up with their piss hot, maybe? <laughs> I mean, or they like to piss people off? Man, like... I, I have no clue what the fuck that could mean, but nonetheless, it's a hilarious nickname. Greg, do you want to be one of the no. piss boys? No. I'm okay. Good. I, I, I undoubtedly wake up with my piss hot. 
but I'm not a piss boy. Some days it's cold, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Ice cold. I think I need to see a doctor. Yeah, I, well, I think if it was hot, you should probably see a doctor, meaning it was burning. Nah, bro. It's hot. Okay. I think that's enough piss talk. Uh, all right, let's talk about this. The Bills. The Bills all offseason have been showing interest in John, in DeAndre Hopkins, but they have a number that they won't exceed, and it seems like that might be the number that DeAndre is looking for. Uh, apparently the Titans have made a, a more aggressive offer for DeAndre than, the, than that of the Patriots, and that the Chiefs have also offered him a contract, probably not in the same realm as the Titans and Patriots. Which of these four teams do you think is – the most likely destination, and which one's the best? Uh, I think, I think the best is the Chiefs. The most likely, I'm gonna be straight up. I'm gonna go Titans. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the exact same boat. I think those two make the most sense in both scenarios. I think the Chiefs are obviously the best landing spot because you get the best quarterback, the best tight end in the league, and yeah. you're on the reigning Super Bowl champions team. Yeah, and Pat Mahomes needs somebody he can really rely on besides Travis Kelsey. Because yeah. as we saw last year, Travis is getting double, triple covered every game yeah. and still putting up ridiculous numbers. So if you get someone to take one of those defenders away, God, that's scary. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to the realistic side, the Titans certainly makes the most sense. They have the money. They have nothing at that wide receiver position outside of Traylon Burks, who hasn't been utilized properly. If you had a better quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins could make your team phenomenal. The problem is they're probably going to get him, sign him to a contract, and not use him how he should be used because they don't have the quarterback talent. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's going to depend on if Will Levis can settle in and be the NFL-ready QB that everybody thinks that he is. Yeah. Because Will Levis is the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks. Yeah. Not not Malik Willis. Definitely. No. Ryan Tannehill can't throw more than 30 yards. Yeah. So, but I mean, God, dude, that one-two monster of Derrick Henry and DeAndre Hopkins, that's, good. that's terrifying. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. And no one wants to go play in New England. Who the fuck wants to go play in New England? Facts. Like, Matt Jones won't be there too much longer. Yeah, we'll get to him. Okay. Sneak peek. Uh, but <laughs> uh, let's talk about the next thing. The reigning defensive rookie of the year, one Sauce Gardner, one that we often dick ride on this show. Um, I got a lot of things I can work on that's going to get better coming into my second season. That's right. terrifying. Yeah, you're telling me. Sauce Gardner's going to be better next year? What? That's insane. That is actually, like, for him to have that mindset is so healthy. Oh, yeah. It's so good for his mental health. Yeah, to be undoubtedly one of the best corners in the league last year, probably the best, and come into your second season in the NFL confident that you're going to be better. Maybe those talks with Aaron Rodgers has really got him going. I don't know about the talks. Maybe the drugs. <laughs> they, they do some mushrooms and just yeah. talk mental health. Yeah. 
<laughs> but no, dude, that's terrifying. I feel bad for any wide receiver that's got to go up against him. That's like pr- going up against prime time Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's like going up against like prime Sauce. time. Yeah, it's like going up against Sauce Gardner last year. <laughs> well, yeah. better. Yeah, exactly. It's scary as hell. But yeah, I I can't imagine a better version of Sauce Gardner. So we'll just I, I'm, ex- I'm excited now. Yeah, I guess I'm taking Jets defense in fantasy. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> They'll be one to look for in the draft. But uh, let's talk next this next thing because it's interesting. Uh, Colts owner Jim Irsay, uh, the loudest mouthed owner in the uh, league when it comes to how his players play, other than Jerry Jones. Um, said that Gardner Minshew could come out and play better early on with him just being a veteran. But we have to get Anthony Richardson on the field, and that's Shane Steichen's call when he decides to do it. That, that's interesting to me. So we're going to we're gonna see Anthony Richardson next year. Yeah. Undoubtedly. But, hell, everybody's talking about, like, throughout the whole offseason, was talking about how he's going to start. Yeah. Like, the Colts front office talking yeah. that he's going to start. Jim Ursay on Twitter saying that Anthony Richardson is going to start. I got a feeling he's going to start. I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just, I just don't feel like that's a good thing to come out and say. I don't know. You know, like they're, they're still giving Gardner his chance, but when you, when you use a draft pick like that on a guy like Anthony Richardson, you got to see what you got and you need to see those results quickly. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what camps for. Come out, yeah. and you see. But I mean, if if Gardner Minshew straight up outworks Anthony Richardson and just fucking puts Richardson in the ground at camp, I want I want Gardner on the field. Yeah, I think people forget how good Gardner Minshew actually can be. Yeah, he just needs his time. Like yeah. he had that bad stunt in Jacksonville. Um, after a really good, good year, like his yeah. first year at Jacksonville was amazing. Yeah. Like we thought we were looking at the next top tier quarterback. Then he goes cold a little bit. Then he goes to Philly, becomes a backup in Philly. Um, two games. Yeah. One but, bad one, one bad one. Yeah. But you had, you had Nick Foles, who's a Super Bowl winner before yeah. you. And you had Jalen Hurts, who was the young buck rising. Um, so it's going to be an interesting matchup to see. Definitely. It really, it, it really is. It's something that everyone needs to keep their head on or not head on eyes on. See, look, there's my slip up. Yep. But, uh, no, nah, I mean, we could see Anthony Richardson week one. We could see him week 10. We could see him week six. Yeah. There's no telling. I mean, we'll, maybe we see him, uh, you know, a little different. Maybe they split like a Gardner Minshew one half, Anthony Richardson another half for the first couple games. I, I think that's more of a preseason thing to figure out. That's what I yeah preseason. <laughs> yeah, but Fuck I do want to talk about this because I think it's an interesting conversation. QBs accounted for twenty one percent of rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, in twenty ten, it was only eleven percent. QBs accounted for sixteen percent of all rushing yards last year. That's the most in NFL history. The game has officially changed. If your quarterback isn't mobile, you better be brilliant and extremely accurate from the pocket. I couldn't agree with this more. And I think that this is a big part of what we talked about earlier about Saquon, about how you know running backs are being undervalued. 
well, the QBs are doing your job. Yeah, I mean, perfect example is taking it back to Philly last year with Jalen Hurts and uh, Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders, yeah, he'd get some – a lot of times they were on the one-yard line. We'd think they would punch in with Miles Sanders, and they run a little uh, wheel route with uh, Jalen Hurts, corner of the end zone. Easy. Yeah. It's, it's something that's like – it's hard for a running back to ask for so much when you're only doing half the work. Exactly. Like, and you can even look at Saquon's situation last year. Daniel Jones got a ton of very important rushing yards for that team. I think he rushed for over 700 yards last year. Yes. I mean, that's a huge part of that offense. And if Saquon's not going to do it, they're going to let somebody else do it. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest reasons why this is happening is because when you look at that, when you set up for a run, a lot of times that, the defense is just going to flood the run when you give it to your running back up the middle. So for a QB to keep it, have wheels, get to the outside, and de- go down and get 20, 30 yards or yeah. break out for, like, Justin Fields, yes. Lamar Jackson, Daniel Jones, Patrick Mahomes. It's Jalen Hurts. It's – hell, even Justin Herbert has started running more. It's – like you said, if your QB isn't mobile, he better be fucking Tom Brady. Yeah. That's the, or Drew Brees. That's the best thing I can say. Yeah, exactly. Like guys like Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson can assure their owners and GMs they will never have to pay a star running back. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. huge. Yeah, 100%. Like, what? I think, uh, the Bears got rid of David Montgomery, right? Yeah. So they're rocking with Khalil Herbert? Uh, no, I think they picked somebody up. Um, I'm blanking on who it is right now, but I'll pull it up. But, yeah, I, I, you're right. The Bears, like last year, David Montgomery was a guy that people, like, actually thought would have a good year. They were like, oh, well, we don't trust, you know, Justin Fields just yet with this team, blah, blah, blah. Now their starting running back is going to be Donta Foreman. Oh, I forgot about him, dude. He had yeah. a great year last year. Yeah, for Carolina. He was good, yeah. man. But, but I mean you're not paying him that much. Exactly. Because he knows he knows the game's changing. Yeah. He knows he's only gonna have to uh touch the ball half as much. But he he knows he's gotta get the job done when it's not Justin Fields. Exactly. He knows his worth. <laughs> Saquon. Um but all out. Yeah, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> he, he been a little bitch. <laughs> Hashtag Saquon's a little bitch. Okay, yeah, you can feel free to start that one yourself. I, I will not be on board. Yeah, Clark might have some words. Ah. But, but sorry, right. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say you're right. It is that the running backs, yes, it sucks that your value has gone down. Blame that guy that's standing in front of you because <laughs> it's his fault. I'll say Danny Dimes, he knows how to use his legs, all right? Yeah. He took he took so many touchdowns away from Saquon last year. That's hysterical. No, I'm just saying, man. You, you got to watch out for these quarterbacks. Okay. Yeah. But let's talk about another quarterback who 
I don't really know what the fuck's going on with the. So Grady Jarrett was talked about, and obviously he's not the quarterback I'm talking about, but uh, he was raving yeah. about the confidence of Desmond Ritter. Uh, Grady said, "It seems like the noise around him hasn't affected him, which is great to hear. But um, the only effect that needs to happen to Desmond Ritter is for him to get better. So if there's no effect at all, I'm not very excited. But if he's going to get better." I'm all here for I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, he only has one option to get better or else t- Taylor Heineke will be our starter. True. Like we've seen Taylor Heineke can handle an NFL offense with yeah. the Redskins. Um but not the, I it's always good when your teammates are raving about you. Yeah. You know you're in a good spot that you got their trust, you got their confidence. It's Every quarterback's wish is to do that, especially someone on your defense. True. Because if you're an ass quarterback, your defense is going to hate you because they're on the field nonstop. Yeah. It's going to make practice real easy. (laughs) Dude, I'm excited. If if Grady Jarrett is raving about Desmond Ritter, I'm about to start raving about Desmond Ritter. Granted, I won't do that until after week one when he whoops up on the Panthers. Exactly. Bryce, Bryce Young, Young, you better watch your ass. Bryce Young's a rival now. He's yeah. a, he's he's gone from Bama. Doesn't that suck for you? Yeah. yeah. So I got to <laughs> fucking worry about Jalen Milrow, dumbass. True. But well, yeah, maybe, no, I, maybe it'll be Ty Simpson, but that's, that's I, a conversation for another day. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> We'll see. All right. Well, let's get into some players to watch in the NFL. And and this could be good or bad. It could be a breakout player, a rookie, just a good player that you think will take a big step, or a player that we've already seen be good that maybe they're going to take a step back this year. Okay. So one thing, uh, the first person I want to talk about, I talked about this with Mike earlier today. Okay. And I, I just want to talk about Justin Jefferson. And with how – so he's going into a contract year. So this is going to be a big year for him. And with, you know, his – he's going to be training a new wide receiver in Jordan Addison. He doesn't have Dalvin Cook to rely on giving him some break. It's going to be all gas, no breaks for Justin Jefferson this year. And I think he's about to show us that he is the best wide receiver in the league. Okay, I was afraid. I thought you were about to say that, you know, it was all gas, no brakes, and he was going to run into a telephone pole. Fuck no, dude. He's <laughs> like, because this is his prove-it year. Okay. Like, he had last year, everybody knows, everybody started to know how really how good Justin Jefferson really is. Yeah. And now you, you take Adam Thielen away, who is their go-to slant guy. Yeah, you still got TJ Hawkinson. But honestly, I it's going to be weird because do, do they have an – Who's their second tight end? Do you know? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Because, honestly, I feel like TJ Hawkinson might be doing a lot more blocking this year. Well, I don't know. He's not a good blocker. So, I think they're got... Their O-line's not that good. Yeah, that's true. But Josh Oliver is his backup, and he is a good blocker. There we go. So, they'll probably run a two-tight end offense or turn Josh Oliver into an O-lineman. Maybe. Any thoughts? Uh, don't think he'll turn into an offensive lineman. 
That was a joke. It was more of a joke. <laughs> I was joking. But, um, yeah, they've got a couple of good blocking tight ends as options. Uh, Johnny Munt as well, solid one. And um, Nick Muse probably won't see the field much, but he's a good option as well. But, nonetheless, I, I think that – I think you're right. I think he's going to just really show out this year, Justin Jefferson is. And um, I don't know, like, it's hard to do better than what he did last year. I think he'll do it. Yeah, but he can. That's the crazy part. And, and this just is more fire to to fuel me to – continue to tell Luke that Jordan Addison is not going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he probably won't, but here's the thing. I think Jordan Addison will be great in the long run, especially if he has Justin Jefferson training. Yeah, uh-oh. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, it, for the NFC, there's some there's some rookies that I think will outshine Jordan Addison by a long shot. Yeah. One, possibly being a running back in Atlanta. Interesting. Uh, well, I'm going to get into my first guy, and, and that is, um, I believe I'm saying this right, it's Chigosium Okonkwo, tight end for the Titans. Yeah, sir. I love this guy, and I think my, he is going to be so good. He was my tight end in fantasy last year. Yeah. I look, rode him. What? Pause. Keep going. Keep going. Keep no, going. Pause. Keep <laughs> this, going. Guy, this guy that just said he rode him? Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Keep going. Keep going. Just keep right. going. Yeah, but back to what I was trying to say. You really threw me off there. <laughs> is that I think he is going to be great because whether it's Tannehill or Will Levis, they got to have somebody to bail them out, and oh. this is the guy to do it. Big body, huge presence, physical catch. Like it, it couldn't be like six two two forty four. Is crazy because typically your tight ends that are in like the two forties are like six four or six five. Six two two forty four is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I just think that his physical presence is gonna be like so so big for his, whoever his quarterback is. Oh, what's crazy is that they were using him on like jet sweeps and yeah. Uh, outside pitches and stuff like that. Like, they were using him as a running back someplace when Derrick Henry was down. Yeah. It's – he has so much utility to him for being 6'2", 244. Exactly. Um, who's your next guy? Uh, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with one of the – one running back out of probably going to be one of the top running back duos this year. And Antonio Gibson. I think he's I think he's but in for a big season this year. Good. I'm glad more, we're in the same boat. More in the passing game. Yeah. Yeah, I think B or not I almost said fucking Bijan. Brian Robinson is gonna take that more on the on the ground running type for the running backs. Yeah. But Antonio Gibson running a little wheel route, going out for a little, uh, little hook. Dude, he's he's used like that so much. Yeah, I think and he's it, gonna it be works. a great. I think he's gonna be a great bailout guy for uh, either Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. Eddie, dude, he's a phenomenal blocker for a running back. Yeah, like he is really good. So I think there's gonna be a lot of times where we see both running backs on the field at the same time. 
I agree. I think that's the best way they could use that system. Yeah. So yeah, he, that's my. I, I honestly think that those two will be the best running back duo in the league next year. It's almost like you heard that from a certain gentleman you might be talking. Bro, to. I've been saying that. I don't know. I've been saying that because you know Brian Robinson's my guy. Oh yeah, I know. And I, I don't think there's been a year that I haven't drafted Antonio Gibson in fantasy. <laughs> so, fuck you. I did hear it last season, and I agreed. I, so I said I, it like two like a week or two ago on the podcast. Yeah, that's fine. But yeah, I'm high on these guys. I think they're gonna be really good. All right, um, we got, we got. My next guy is an edge rusher, Jalen Phillips for the Dolphins. I think this okay. guy is just sitting here waiting to break out. His rookie year, eight and a half sacks, one fumble. Uh, actually, it was a fumble recovery. Whatever. But 2022. Seven sacks. Kind of took a little bit of a step back, but added to his tackles. I think this is the year where we're looking at double digits for sacks. Maybe up towards like mid-tens, like 15, 16 sacks for Jalen Phillips. I respect it. Dude's dude's a a baller. Yeah, he's just a perfect size-speed combination. 6'5", 266, but he's got good speed to get around the edge, like, I really like what this guy has in store, and I think he'll be a huge part of uh, this Dolphins defense that obviously added to their secondary with Jalen Ramsey this offseason, but the pass rush I think is going to be great as well. I got you. I I agree with you. I 100% agree with you. All right. You're next guy. All right. I might get flamed for this one. All right. Jamar Chase. Bad year. Oh, interesting. Because he's in a contract year too. I know. I I think he's about to have a bad year. It. I don't know why. You know, it's it's just something. Just after watching the past couple seasons, it's just. I just he's 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 due for one. Yeah. And I think the Bengals are under a lot of pressure. Because they have so many guys they have to sign. Yeah. So they're all going to be trying to outshine each other. Yeah. That's, and and that's, that could, that's that could either. I don't know. That could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. I think it's more of a bad thing when you have everyone who's trying to do stuff on their own. Maybe. It's, it's just with me. That's just my opinion. We'll reevaluate that opinion. Go ahead and write it down somewhere. We'll reevaluate that opinion at yeah. week six. All right. All right. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know about Jamar Chase being the one that, that doesn't have a good season. Maybe T. Luke, Higgins. Luke would appreciate it. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would appreciate all of the Bengals getting like hit by a train. Well, we'll see. But my next guy, the guy who actually had a great year last year, but going into his second year, I think he'll be even better. That's Damian Pierce, a man that I share a birthday with. Yeah, he's in. Uh, is he? Is he? Is he still in uh, Houston? Right. Yeah, yeah. Second yeah. year of his career now that we're going into, and last season got real close to a thousand rushing yards, nine thirty nine last season, but only played thirteen games. I think we're going to get a full season out of the guy. We're going to see a whole lot more rushes because with CJ Stroud at quarterback, you're going to have to give him a break. He's young. They're going to have to just 
pushed down the field a little bit, and Damian Pierce is the guy for that. Oh, yeah, 100%, because he he's one of the most exciting running backs in the league yeah. to watch. Oh, yeah. He, he is, it's just so fun. Yeah, so he, fun. he's strong, fast, like, he'll truck you, but he can also just, like, spin move you, like... The guy is insanely talented, and I cannot wait to see the second year of his career. Yeah, and the numbers he was putting up with such a shit Houston team. Yeah. It's just so bad. It's like, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, he's he's insanely good. Uh, anybody, I have uh, a couple more guys. You got any more? Um, go ahead and do a next one. I'm trying to think okay. of someone else. Yeah, this is a guy that I've only recently been kind of put on to, but... Jake Ferguson of the Dallas Cowboys. He, he was Hell yeah. Rookie. He was a rookie last year. Didn't really get to do much because of Dalton Schultz. This year is going to be a bit different. I got a feeling he's going to be number one on that depth chart. And the number that jumps off the page, and though he didn't get a ton of targets, only 22 targets, he had 19 receptions. A 86.4% catch percentage is fantastic. Even if it's like a 75 next year or 80, I will be pleased with this kid's performance. And if he's getting closer to, like, 60 targets next year, there's no telling what this kid could do. Like, he had 19 receptions, two for touchdowns, yards per reception at 9.2. Like, that's exactly what you need to do to be a successful tight end is just get touchdowns, have very reliable hands, and just get a few extra yards on the play. And I think he can do a phenomenal job of that so long as Dak actually throws him the ball. Okay. Yeah, dude, I, I love the way Jake Ferguson plays. Yeah. It's – it's and it's awesome that he's going to have more time to shine this year with uh, Schultz out of there. Um, So the whole world is about to know Jake Ferguson 100%. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, did yeah. you think of a guy? If not, I can oh move yeah, on. Okay. I, I got I got a pretty obvious one. Okay, that it, it's probably going to be talked about all the way up until week one, and even after that. But it's the Denver Broncos with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think we're in for a better year from Russell Wilson this year. I agree. It seems like Luke does not, but I I think that Russell Wilson's at least going to even out. Mainly because they can't do much worse than they did last year. Yeah. You only won five games. There's not much less to do. It's Nathaniel Hackett was awful. Yeah, horrible head coach. Great offensive I, coordinator. Horrible head not coach. Not a good head coach. But I think you you take someone like Sean Payton in there, and things about to get spicy. Oh, yeah. Because he knows how to win. For sure. They made a fucking movie about him. Yeah, that's a good point. He was played by Kevin James, which is just such odd casting. <laughs> it's fucking funny as shit, though, because also Taylor Lautner's in the movie playing yeah. coach as well. Yeah, that's that's interesting. But, but um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that Russell Wilson just not only can have a better year, he needs to. Yeah. And, you know, with the talent they've got on that team, like, it'd be crazy to not see them win, you know, seven, eight games at least. Yeah. Hell, they, they're coming for throats this year because Russell, like you said, Russell Wilson needs to show that he's worth the amount that was given up for him. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. Um. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a guy that's gonna take a step back. Matt Stafford. Right. Well, sure. Shit. I mean, I guess the Rams don't want him there, so why should he yeah. go all out? Exactly. He got yeah. his Super Bowl. Like, he doesn't need to get better. And at this point in his career, he probably won't. Yeah. And coming off of an injury, I, I believe it was his shoulder, right? Uh, yeah. So that's going to already affect him a little bit. He might be a little bit hesitant to throw as much as he has or throw as hard as he has, throw as deep. Like, there's going to be limits to his game, and I think that's really going to hurt him. A hundred percent. Because he's had, what, shoulder, wrist, ankle. Yeah, he's it's, had it's, so it, many His issues. body's broken. It, it's almost time for him to be like Andrew Luck and just pack it up. Yeah. Like, it's – because I think the the way I'm thinking about it, the game's moving way too fast for him. Um. Yeah, I guess you're right. For right now, like his, his, yeah. in his body and his condition right now. Yes. The game is moving way too fast for him. Agreed. Because when you have people like fucking Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack coming for your throats, it's yeah. you got to move quick. And oh yeah, Matthew Stafford is the opposite of moving quick. Correct. So, <laughs> but I agree with you. I I think I don't think he's going to play this whole season. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy take to say because he's probably going to injure his left pinky toe, but. <laughs> He's got to get turf toe and be out for a whole season. Yeah. We've seen that story a couple of times. But I'm going to get my last guy off. And I don't know. This is more just like watch and see what he does. I don't know if he's going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be bad. But Mac Jones, I, I'm very interested to see what happens with him. Hence the sneak peek said earlier. Yeah. Here we, here we go. Look, he's not horrible. He's not good. Definitely not good. He's average, maybe yeah. just below average. Yeah, like, you know, you see him have a couple of great games, and then you see him do what he did against the Raiders, get stiff-armed by Chandler Jones. <laughs> like, it's so oh. it's so hard. And, and like, the way that the, the New England fans rallied behind Bailey Zappi. Yeah, I mean, fuck, let Zappi start. I, I've got to see him a little more. I think we will. I I, I kind of hope we do. Because as much as I love Mac Jones and who he was in college, the Patriots aren't going anywhere with him as QB. No, not at all. So, but I got I got one more, Gray. All right. And it's just one of us to be – it's for us to keep an eye on. Okay. And it's Khalil Mack. All right. Not because he's not good. But it's because he's getting up there in age. Yeah. In a very crucial position where you need to be able to be, be mobile, move quick, light on your feet, and explosive. So I'm not saying, like like you said, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be good or bad, but it's something for us to keep an eye on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing with Kalomak is will the speed still be there? Yeah, because the power is always going to be there. Yeah. The, but it's just that first move. Is he going to be able to get through an O line? Is he going to get around it like he normally does? Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we really will. But let's just say I think 
the dream pairing of primetime Mac and primetime Bosa have already passed. We'll see. Uh, that is a good one to watch this year. But let's talk some college football, man. I am Hell yeah. so excited. I think we're less than 50 days away from week zero. Still Dude, I wa- one of the dumbest terms ever. But I watched the uh, the Tavon Austin highlight clip oh, this ready. morning. He's ready. Ah, fuck. That's the greatest hype video made. Yeah, I'm probably going to go back, watch the uh, Florida State-Auburn BCS National Championship game in its entirety. Okay. Before the season starts, get ready for the winning culture to be back in Tallahassee. Hey, I Florida State's got a good chance to make some noise this year. Uh, don't have to tell me, brother. But when they don't, don't come crying to me, all right? I'm not going to. I'll come to this podcast to cry about it. <laughs> Grace is just going to. Yeah, guys, it's, it's been another rough day. Yeah, we rough lost time. to Georgia Tech 48-0. to zero. Next. Okay. <laughs> Instead of Garfield's I hate Mondays, Grayson's gonna be yeah. I hate Saturdays. Yeah. I will. If the if Florida State's bad this year, you're gonna be able to tell in the podcast. Yeah, I mean we'll see. We'll have fucking like five TVs watching college football on Saturdays. Yeah. But let's go through PFF's college football power rankings. Um, you know, season starts soon and I don't know how I feel about these power rankings. So we'll get it started here. Number one, Georgia, obviously. Defending national champions two years in a row. Yeah. They just kind of have earned this spot. You got Alabama at two, which is interesting. Yeah. With how much you guys lost in the draft and you know what's kind of left, it's hard to put them over Ohio State and Michigan. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but at the end of the day, it's so stupid. Um, a lot of times they do these power rankings because they just do the name. Yeah. Because they know that what they're going to get every season yeah. out of a team. So there there's a big argument for Bama being as high as they are, especially when there's 10 SEC quarterbacks that are better than our current one. True. Um, but next, Ohio State at three. Michigan at four. These are acceptable. Yeah. I think that's properly rated for both of these. Number five is where I've got an issue. <laughs> the Longhorns. The University of Texas at Austin at number five. That's that's just that's so stupid. It's fucking absurd. What the fuck are we talking about here? Like how? I just want to say how. Did they forget that they lost their first and second string running back? I I guess. And that and they were the biggest sources of offense for this team because Quinn Ewers couldn't stay on the field? The only reason Texas was good was because of B. John Robinson. Yeah. That's it. What what changed? They brought in a backup quarterback? They got worse. Yeah. I, I don't know why we just um, are like, yeah. Of course they're going to be good. They were, what the fuck? They ended like seven and six last year. Yeah, I mean they. It's, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's crazy, crazy to say they're better than Clemson, even Penn State. They're definitely not better than LSU and Tennessee. They're not better than USC. They're not better than Florida State. They're not better than North Carolina. Where's TCU? Ah, shut the fuck up. Man. <laughs> 
unranked. Sorry, I, I just wanted I wanted to say that for you. They're unranked, right where they should be. Fucking Tulane is better than Texas. Tulane's good as fuck. I know, uh, but number six, Clemson. I'm cool That's with another, this one. It's another. It's just if it's a little high, little high, but I'm cool with it. Yeah, I can see them being like eight or nine. Honestly, I would put Tennessee above them. Yeah, I would too. I Tennessee put LSU should be above higher as well. Exactly, like dude, Tennessee and LSU at eight and nine is kind of fucked up. Yeah, they it's should be the crazy. five and six. They should be the five and six. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. We're not. We're not making the power rankings. True. How do you feel about Penn State at seven? It's – did they lose anybody? Like Joey Porter Jr. is like the only one I could think of. Dude, I can't even remember, like, what they finished last year, like 10? I'm pretty sure their only losses were Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, shit. That's right, yeah, because they were making a big push for uh, the uh, playoffs there at the end. Yeah. Because they were, they were really uh, banking on – one of those teams to lose two games, then they have like a motive to get in. But I, I don't mind them at seven. I think they should be a little bit lower just because it's Penn state. Yeah. Like I know, but also they do a very good job of like, if you lose a guy, they bring in another guy who's just as good. They've done a very good job of that. So like, they're going to just, continue to be a, a 10 and 2 kind of team. Yeah, they're always the biggest problem for Ohio State and Michigan. So and they're never actually a problem. Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone always hypes up the game and they get blown out by 30 or it's like a 6 to 3 game on and playing snow. Yeah. But I I honestly I'd probably put them 11 12 maybe. Yeah, I think they're right outside the top 10. Yeah, like they can be good. Yeah, they can. I've, I want to see them win a championship, not national championship, division championship. Yeah, yeah, that'd be big if they could win the Big Ten. Yeah, but I don't see that happening. So no we shot. already kind of talked about them, LSU and Tennessee. I think LSU could honestly, you could make a claim for either of these teams to be like number two. Yeah, I mean, dude, LSU is gonna be. So good this year. Yeah, second year of Brian Kelly, second year of Jaden Daniels. Like, I I really do think that this is a, a year where people are going to get caught by, you know, caught off guard by LSU's performance. Staying with Tennessee. I mean, Joe Milton is yeah. going to tear shit up. I, I will say, I'm I'm not like 100 percent sure that Joe Milton's going to be exactly what people think he is. He's not going to be the next hand and hooker if that's what they're wanting. Which seems to be the case. People just think he's going to be better. Because hand and hooker was like the best thing that's happened to Tennessee since fucking Peyton Manning. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's one of those things that it's, it's hard to say until we start seeing some games. But I can tell you this. Once Texas joins the SEC, they'll, they'll no longer ever think about the top 10. That's true. Uh, but number 10 is USC, which is cool. 
I'm fine with them being right there. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest reasons they're still that high is just because they have Caleb Williams. Yeah. Definitely. That's it. Because what they lost, because Jordan Addison was their top guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Caleb Williams is going to have to find some more weapons. Uh, Don't they have, uh, isn't right? Isn't Rice's son there? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. Or it's it's either son or nephew. Yeah, one of the ones is there, but he's supposed to be pretty good. Yeah. So he's probably even with his name, he's going to be in the NFL no matter what. True. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like for me, this power ranking is just like it's a little off. There's just a couple of teams shouldn't be there. Like obviously Texas is the biggest one that they missed on. Like well, the way I see it, I'd probably go UGA, Ohio State, Michigan, LSU, Tennessee, Bama, Clemson, USC, Penn State, and then throw in like Florida State at ten. Yeah, I like I like that. One of the things because I'm tired of them putting just the names up top. Yeah, like. After Bama season, they don't deserve to be two. No, and, and, and like what you said, they we lost. Yeah, it's. I'm just lost of words. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but let's talk about some teams that were disappointing last year that might rebound this year. Michigan State. Okay, I like that. Yeah, it was. As. Michigan State was fucking awful last year. Yeah, five and seven. Yeah, and the year the year before they finished eleven and two, and they yeah. won the Peach Bowl. Um, so I think that they could really turn it around and really make some noise for Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. I, I could see them fucking being the underdogs this season. Yeah, and taking the college football. Like a, like a committee by a storm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, obviously, I think Colorado is too easy of an answer. Yeah, that's why I didn't say it. <laughs> but I, I gotta see him on the um, field first, bro. That that too. But also, like they're gonna win more than one game. Yeah. Um, but I do like Georgia Tech to to kind of bounce back this year. Five and seven this past year, just not not what they should be doing. I think this year, like, you got to win. I'm I'm looking at, like, seven for them. I think that's the number. You go over, you exceed my expectation. But seven is the expectation for Tech. Okay. I respect that. Because uh, it's Georgia Tech, man. I Hey, this is the year they beat Georgia. I don't know about that. And mainly I say that every year until the year they actually do it because then I <laughs> say I'm right. It's true. You, you might be right at some point. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Uh, is it going to be this year? <laughs> There's a one percent chance that Georgia Tech wins. Yeah, it's maybe tough. like point five. Yeah. Chance. Hey, definitely doesn't look good. That's rivalry week, baby. It's that's Georgia, Georgia Tech football. Right around Thanksgiving, we love it. Why are you saying we like you're a Tech fan? I, I got family at Tech, so I have Tech supporters at Thanksgiving. You got tech support at Thanksgiving? Have you tried pressing control? Uh, nope, 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 nope. No more. Uh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> but, um, I, okay, tell me, tell me if you believe in this team or not. 
Texas A&M. Uh, no. No? No. You think they'll do better than five and seven? I think they'll finish five and seven again this year. What about Auburn? Uh, they need a new QB. Robbie Ashford ain't it. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, okay, I still think something? they could win more games, though, with better Great. coaching. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. You know Robbie Ashford, also a baseball player? Oh. I play against him. Way to go, man. Sorry, it's just Nathan gets pissed off every time I say that. Yeah, so when he because... hears this, he'll be glad to hear it. He thinks I played with half the world. You played with a good amount of players that have seen. Just, they're just better the than me. Yeah, I didn't say you're yeah. better than them. Yeah. <laughs> I say that sometimes. All right, any teams that you think are due for like a breakout season? Like maybe they're already oh. good, but they're going to be real good next year. You already know, baby. Down at Doe Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Tallahassee, Florida State Seminoles, baby. Let's go. Keep chopping. Yeah, this was really just me having you lay me up to just got, get talking. Yeah, let's go. Come on. <laughs> listen. Speak, speak your mind. Listen up and listen good. Jordan Travis, Heisman, easy. Trey oh, Benson. Okay. Oh, okay. No, Trey no, 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 no. Questions will be at the end. Trey Benson. <laughs> Top five running back next year. Bro is a dog. All right. All right. Johnny Wilson. Easily going to be one of the best wide receivers next year. Like, no doubt in my mind. First round pick. One of the best wide receivers next year. Okay. Ontario slash Pokey Wilson. Going to be one of the best number twos in in college football. Like, that duo and wide receiver is crazy. We don't need Micah Pittman's bum ass. That's why he left. And what we've got right now, you add Jaheim Bell, transfer tight end from South Carolina, who was one of the best tight ends in the in college football last year. You add him to this offense? Crazy. Like, this entire fucking team is just so built to win. You keep Jared Verse. He doesn't go to the draft because he wants to stick at Florida State for another year. The one of the best defensive ends last year in college football. He's going to do it again this year. There's no doubt in my mind. There's so many players on this team that are just ready for that next step and honestly are in the middle of already doing it that this year is just the year. Yeah. I agree with everything you just said. Except your first statement. Bro, Jordan Travis could win a Heisman. He could, but I don't think he will. Who Who's your Heisman this year? Uh, same one who was in the top four last year. USC QB. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's hard to do it twice. Especially if he's winning with less. Yeah, but like Drake May, if he has a better season, then he's got it. I mean, we'll see. Fucking is Bo Nick still out there? He is. I I don't think he's a Heisman. Uh dude, I wouldn't sleep on Bo Nix. Don't sleep on Kyle McCord from Ohio State. I've been watching his high school film. Yeah, don't sleep on wait, what? Kyle McCord. Okay. Ohio State. 
I watched some a, of his high school. Freshman? Nah, freshman? Uh, I think he's a redshirt freshman, maybe. Okay. Don't sleep on Jalen Milrow. Right? I'm going to sleep on Jalen Milrow. Same. Fuck that guy. If Ty Simpson ain't the starter, Alabama's going to suck. Yeah, we'll see you in the bowl game. All right. Just kidding, because uh, Florida State's winning that natty. Yes, sir. But you heard, you heard it here first, folks. Bama <laughs> fan states that Florida State is winning that natty. All right. That's enough. I don't need any more jinxes. Uh, any other teams you think could break out? Um, try to not. I guess you could consider LSU. You could consider out. them a breakout. You could. Yeah. Um, but one team that I hope turns it around is Ole Miss. Yeah, I agree. We I love you, Brock. Quinshawn Judkins, man. He's he a monster. Monster. It's crazy. And if Jackson Dart can just kind of get his things together, they're going to be so goddamn good. Man needs to start throwing some darts. Facts. Maybe he needs to start smoking darts. <laughs> Probably not. Make him look a little cooler. Yeah. He needs that Joe Burrow effect. <laughs> Start smoking cigars. Yeah. He needs that Livy Dunn effect. Livy uh, just needs to transfer to Ole Miss. They need baby Gronk on Ole Miss. Fuck no. Fuck baby Gronk, okay? <laughs> Listen, I'm not even as mad as baby uh, mad at baby Gronk. It's his fucking dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, easily. Like, what are we doing? He's got his kid's life script out for him. Ain't gonna go to plan. I'll tell you that. He, he might not even start varsity in high school. <laughs> yeah, who knows? He isn't there yet. <laughs> but enough of that shit. That shit gives me a headache. Bro's out here playing fucking county rec football. I'm baby Gronk. Fucking kid. Like, get out of here. Yeah, fuck out of here, bro. He's not even gonna be a tight end. He's not even gonna be tall enough to be a tight end. Eat some Fruit Loop, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry i just had to say that 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 <laughs> i think i have to clip that <laughs> i think i have to all right uh, that's gonna do it for college football <laughs> what, a, what a way to end it talking about right. a kid who might or may not see that yeah. yeah we'll see but it's time for redemption from the internet breakout or the uh internet Fuck what I I'm blanket. Whatever. We're doing top three, bottom three blue things now. Let's fucking go, baby. And the order remains the same as it was going to be. I'm first on the top, Colin's first on the bottom. Mm. I'm gonna take one one water. Okay. Essential part of life. Makes up like seventy percent of the earth. Seventy percent of your body. Um Big part of a lot of good fruits and vegetables. Cucumbers, namely. Yeah. A lot of water in a cucumber. Fuck it. That's a fantastic answer. Yeah, I feel like there's no other way to go with blue. Yeah, I'm just going to have to go with the next best thing. And give me a blue sky. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, beautiful. Absolutely. When you wake up and you see a blue sky out there, you know it's going to be a great day. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Now, now if you see like gray sky with like fucking shit ton of clouds, you're fucking doomed. Yeah, yeah, it's over. 
Um, I'm gonna do another one. It's a good, it's a good uh, example of a good day, or it makes a good day. Give me a bottle, a nipple bottle, a cool blue Gatorade. Okay. It's, it's it's gotta be nipple bottle. Yes, if you're drinking no. cool blue out of a normal Gatorade bottle, you're crazy because there's better flavors to pick. Exactly. But when it comes to the nipple bottle, there is nothing it's, better than some cool blue. I. Yeah, bro, I don't even want to keep going, bro, because that should <laughs> have been your 1-1. One, one. That was a walk-off. Uh, you can't pass up water. Yeah, you can't, but for the memes, bro. Fair enough. All right, my, num- my number two. Give me a Blue Jay. Oh, I love that. Like, bird. beautiful birds. Yep. Not a good baseball team. Nope. Beautiful birds. Beautiful. Yeah. I love I seeing love- one out in the wild. That's it's like those and cardinals are the ones where like you see that bird and you're like oh, there's a blue jay, there's a cardinal, like because you know that's somebody looking out for you, maybe or it's Alec Manoa, no, nope. <laughs> nope. all right we got three all right my number three I've got some some solid picks here, I think I'm gonna go, yeah I think I'm gonna go blueberries. Really? Yeah, I'm a huge blueberry fan. Like just straight up or like yeah. flavors? No, blueberries. Straight up berries. Uh, Love them. Fuck weirdo. Dude, what? I just can't eat them straight up. They're you toss weird. a little bit of sugar on them then. They're weird. How are they weird? I just don't like the texture. Whatever, man. You ever tried them frozen? No. Solid. Give that a I'll try. give it a shot. I'll give it a shot just for you. All right. All right. My third pick, we're going back to the childhood. Okay. Give me the cookie monster. Oh, that's Co- solid. That is cookie. Solid. Give yeah. me cookie. God, dude, it's just like nothing better yeah. than just, especially, great. I know you had one too. The cookie monster hat. I did not have a cookie monster hat. Don't write this narrative about me. I did not own a Cookie Monster flat bill snap bag at any point in my life. I'm sure that was very specific on what the hat was. Well, because I have to be specific so people know I, that's not the one that I own. There, there, I was a co- one. there was a Cookie Monster hat in your house. There was not a Cookie Monster hat in my house. Yes, there was. No, there wasn't. Um, nah. Fuck it. You must okay. be tripping. Let me close my eyes and go back. That's not how that works. Shut up. I'm going back. All right. Well, while Colin goes back in time, I'm going to start with some honorable mentions. Okay. Uh, Specifically, a Mike Schmidt powder blue Phillies jersey. Oh. Yeah. My favorite powder blue jersey you can get. Okay. I'm a, I'm a rock Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's solid. Uh, What about blue whale? Oh, dude. Blue whales are fucking yeah, awesome. Big old creature. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, dude, I had one more, but you you took you took you took a lot of my picks, man. It's too bad, man. Wait, did I say the ocean? No, you didn't. But I feel like water kind of encapsulates that. I guess, but an honorable mention would be specifically the ocean. Okay. Uh, my last honorable mention: the blue flavor of the uh, sour punch bites or straws. Best huh. flavor. Any actually just blue flavored candy. 
It's always you, a blue you like raspberry. Your blue raspberry? Yeah, blue yeah. blue ras Jolly Ranchers. Oh, motherfucker. The, the blue Sour Patch Kid. Fuck. Bro. That's... Fire. That's crazy. All right, Colin, get us started on the bottom three. Give me a Bud Light can. Oh, no comment. Yeah, I just don't like the can. Boring? Mil- Miller Light's so much better. All right, no comment. Not allowed yep. to comment. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to take Venmo. Because if you're, if you're still Venmoing me, fuck you. Zell me, please. I don't... I, I'm not patient enough to wait one to three business days. Didn't I send you a Venmo the other day? I don't know, but stop. You've got my phone number. You can Zell me, so that money goes directly into my account. I guess. All right, I respect I'm, it. I'm tired of these these uninsured banking apps. Get rid of them. Yeah. Send my money directly to my bank account. All right, you ready for me? Yeah. Give me blue jeans. You know I don't wear them. I'm trying to stop wearing them. Yeah. Because they're just, if you sweat in a pair of blue jeans, it's just the grossest feeling in the world. Yeah. So, they're my bottom. Yeah. But if if you make them into jorts, they're not bad. You know, you're onto something. It's almost like we've done that. Yep. It's almost like I have a pair of Carhartt jorts that I cut myself. Yeah. Okay, listen. Nonetheless. Here's here's the thing. You can't be a cowboy unless you wear some blue jeans. Yeah. I've always wanted to save a horse and ride a cowboy. I mean, uh, shit. Yo. Yo. All right, what you got next, Craig? This man just got done watching Brokeback Mountain before this. Shut up. All right. Uh, I'm taking the Boise State Smurf turf. It is so hard to watch a game on that field. I like it. Yeah. I fucking like it. Brutal. Brutal visually. Alright. You ready? Yeah, man. Oh, I've been thinking about this all day. And give me a fucking peacock. Okay. Yeah, the thing is is that I can't just be like, that's a different color because I could just be wrong. They have a lot of colors. But majority, like, they're mainly blue with, like, some okay. white dots. Okay. Or, like, white and black dots. But cool. majority of peacocks are blue. Yeah, not only have I not seen a lot of peacocks in my life, I'm also colorblind and I have no idea what color they are. So, yeah, it's, right. it, I can see that's why you're being very specific on your answers. Yes, cause I am. you don't know a lot of blue things. Uh, correct. Yeah. Because there was multiple things when I was thinking of these where I looked it up and I was like, shit, it's purple. <laughs> Yeah. Sucks, but it's reality. Um, Next, yeah, my final pick. I'm going to take the look of blue cheese. Not the taste, but aesthetically how blue cheese looks because it looks disgusting. Is it blue cheese white? No, it has blue mold on it. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, fuck fuck the look of blue cheese. I... Good for you. I don't like blue cheese or ranch. Okay. All right, your final <laughs> pick. I've done three. Oh, shit. You're right. Well, then I guess we're done. 
<laughs> well, let me let me let me take it let me take it back here for a minute. I okay. want to do one more honorable mention for top. Okay. And then I got an honorable mention for bottom. So when we think about the top, blue eyes. What? Blue eyes are the best. I know you don't know much about it, but blue eyes are beautiful. Some would say I have them. Do you really? Yeah, like blue green. But, but let me see. Yeah, no. Let me look into your eyes. There's things called pictures. You can do it yourself. Um, what's your honorable mention on the bottom? I I can't say it. I'm not allowed to. So I'll I'll, I'll tell you later. You can say blue waffle. No, it was uh, the the initials are BB. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I'll figure it yeah, out later. I, I don't want to get canceled. Wow. Okay. Then, yeah, I'm definitely not letting you say it. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it for us, guys. This was a fun episode, man. Yeah, sure. Whole Long lot of fun. Episode. And uh, we'll be seeing a lot more of Colin. So, Let's go. So strap yeah. in. Y'all can't get rid of me. I'm here. Yeah, we've tried. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking internet tried to cut out. Fuck. <laughs> The world does not want calling on the podcast, but we have overcome. And um, it was a pleasure. Yeah, so we'll thank you for joining me, Colin. And I'm sure Absolutely. those people at home really appreciate you coming on. Hey, I'm here for the fans, for the supporters, the day ones. And if those supporters want to really show their support, they'd follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, join the subreddit, second and short, 2ND, short. Uh, you'd also show your support on Apple and Spotify podcasts by leaving a five-star review. Why not? Why not just do it? And then go ahead, and once you've done that, tell everybody you know about this podcast because you enjoy it so much that you've sat here for two hours and 30 minutes and you've listened to us speak about sports. Why not share this wonderful gift we've given with you to you with everybody that you love? So go ahead, share the podcast, rate it, review it, like it, subscribe, comment, follow. Every single button you can click, go ahead and do it. Yes, sir. You heard the man. And we'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Later.